beautiful people. It is Overreaction Monday, October 17th, 2022. Hour 2 starts right now. I hope you had an incredible weekend of football gambling and football watching because the football gods were blessing us with incredible outcomes and tales and stories and narratives going into this season that we could have never guessed here at week six. I am so thankful to be back here on this glorious overreaction Monday, October 17th at 11 a.m. this morning. I got a call from my wife. There was a family emergency taking place. Ran to a doctor. Doctor gave us incredible news. It wasn't It was an emergency. It wasn't a massive thing. It was just a little bit of a scare we are all good and i am thankful to be talking about the greatest sport on earth right now with all of you joining the toxic table who's been here for the first hour holding it down in beautiful fashion at boston connor at ty schmidt ty hell of a night on saturday night you had like what 10 whiskeys right the little watch along was a blast it's great good to time. see you ty schmidt hey thank you very much pat it's great to see you as well yeah watch along was great it was a lot of fun i'm Listen, sometimes, you know, once that whiskey hits your lips, you what? know, you kind of need to have one more. What? And then another one. What? And then another one. What? And then another one. What? So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, uh, you did great. You did fantastic. Lou Holtz on ESPN2 for a good 10 minutes almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a day. What a time to be alive. We're so incredibly thankful to be here. Connor, the Patriots are all the way back. I heard you in the first hour. That was electrifying. Oh. Ty, the Packers are all the way dead. I heard yeah. you in the first hour. That was electrifying. Tone Diggs is Mitchell Trubisky, the guy. Can't wait to continue that conversation and watch hammer down today and joining us once again the man who led the ship for the first hour finding out about 29 minutes before the first hour started that he was going to be doing as such the college football national champion the super bowl champion the Ryder cup champion and covid survivor ladies and gentlemen aj hall aj how you doing you did incredible in the first hour i appreciate you man i got to watch there for a bit Hey, I'm glad to hear uh, you guys got some good news man that's awesome yeah great news there was quite an anxiety I mean, I was on one of these this morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was yeah. real. I woke up feeling good. Got a good night's sleep. You know, wasn't able to sleep on Saturday night. Had to wake up, go to the Colts game, watch them beat the Jags easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blow out. That was, yeah. The Colts just handled that game from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. If you didn't watch it, don't worry about it. Just know the Colts <laughs> are all the way back. That was not the case at all. The Colts look like the worst football team yeah. in the NFL for a long time. And then Matt Ryan, for the fourth time this season, leads a game-winning drive in the end of the game, and he throws for 348 and a couple tuds. Would have never known if you watched it live for the first three quarters. <laughs> yeah. But I am so thankful that the Colts got a win. I didn't really sleep much. Do that last night, passed out. Had to watch the second half of the Eagles-Cowboys uh, this morning. Mm-hmm. That became a good game. Oh, yeah. That became very good. I didn't see it live. I had to watch it this morning, but I slept in, felt good, got a call from the wife at 11. Everything goes the other way. Full heart. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get to the house. Go to the doctor. Everything's good. Everything's good. Here we go. Let's go. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So before I almost had the heart attack there, what were all the good things? Oh, well rested. Life's good. Uh Yeah. Okay, we're right back. So it's been like quite a little bit of a roller coaster here. I'm back into the good vibes here for the last 30 minutes or so. It's great to be here. And AJ, you did fantastic. Let's dive right into what we know. The Colts are obviously back in Super Bowl contention. Yeah, That's great news. Of course. Okay, we don't even have to talk about the game. All the way back. Was that AJ? You said something? I mean, this overreaction Monday, I find myself falling victim to it as well. Me too. Of course. One game changes how we feel about it, like week to week. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to. We're just a mess. Yeah, how could we not, though? You yeah. know, in, in Overreaction Monday uh, began on this program. 
because it seemed to be what everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And we we're mocking mm-hmm. everybody else. <laughs> so we're going to do Overreaction Monday. We're going to call it an entire thing. We're going to get people to tweet about it. People tweet about it all over the place. We're very thankful. We get to read those. Everybody overreacts. But now that we're in it, it's hard not to, isn't it? Hey. Like the the dolphins might be dead. Then. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, big time. You know, like the like, what are we going to do with the dolphins? Two is going to come back next week. Everybody's going to talk about should he be back? Should this guy ever play football again? Should he ever, should he ever do something for a living that's paying him very well uh-huh. to take care of his family and generations to come? Or should he worry about his brain in the future for his family yeah. and the generations to come? This is, ugh. I don't know if there's an answer to that one, and the people that feel very strongly one way are going to feel that way forever, and the people that feel very strongly the other way are going to feel that way forever. So that conversation is going to happen no matter when Tua comes back. If it's next week, if it's 10 weeks, if it's next year, mm-hmm. they, that conversation is going to happen. But without Tua, without all that, are the Dolphins dead just a couple weeks ago? We said McDaniel was the fucking genius and Shanahan was an idiot. Now he loses to the Falcons. Is Artie Smith drinking a Bud Lights? Is he the greatest right. coach of all time? That team's supposed to be 32. Now they're fucking running on the Niners, running them out of fucking Atlanta. Then they're drinking Bud Lights. What? Like it's an XFL game. What? Art Smith and the offensive line doing their thing. Are they a team that's in contention? Tom Brady, did he make the worst decision of all time? Yeah, it was like. Of all time, AJ. Coming out of retirement, losing his family, it seems like. Losing a team, going to weddings, missing walkthroughs, telling the offensive line, y'all motherfuckers trash, dude. (laughs) You can play so much better than you're playing right now. Is he done? What's his legacy going to be by the end of the year? It is time to overreact. How could you not, AJ? That's what we're supposed to do, man. Well, with you laying it out like that, I believe me, I told you, I am a victim. I am a victim of, I didn't think I would fall into that. But, yeah, I'm watching games, and I'm like, geez, I, all right, I was totally wrong on this team. They're, this team's legit. Oh, no, they're no good. Like, that's how I watch the games now, and I, I got to take my emotions out of it a little bit, I think. Yeah, it's hard not to just look. Like, we're at that Colts game. And the reason why the, the Swede is so much money is for when Alec Pierce scores that touchdown. Yeah. Right down the sideline. Now, I was not there for it. Okay. <laughs> I had left. Yeah, sure. it makes sense. Got to be traffic. That was a nightmare. The Colts, traffic's a nightmare. Man. Also, my Saturday was pretty long, you know, mm-hmm. and the wife and I hadn't really had any time to just kind of chill, hang out, have a good time, and relax. So we see the Colts score go and lead in the fourth quarter. We're like, all right, there's been no offense in this game other than a couple long runs. We'll be, we'll be good to get out of here. The Colts won, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Game there you go. And then Lawrence goes on a nine-and-a-half-minute drive just fucking beating down the Colts on the other. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm watching this in the car. You know, we have it on on the, on the Hulu and the phone while we're driving. And I'm like, damn, okay. And then they get the ball back. It's like, oh, there's about to be electrifying. Okay. There's a chance for an electrifying moment here. They get in the field goal range, third and 13 all of a sudden. It's fringe field goal, going to be a long one, but we're back in it. We could take the win. And then I see fucking Matt Ryan on cork freezes. No. Freezes on the phone. No way. Obviously. Yeah, it was awesome. Freezes on the phone, and then it comes back, and Pierce is celebrating right in front of our <laughs> yeah, right in front of our suite. I'm like, oh my god, that's we should have been, that would have been right in front of us. And then I see fucking Bruce Brown's head poking, <laughs> yeah. Connor pokes his head in. I'm like, that's why it is so goddamn expensive. And I'll never talk about it again because I miss the reason why you buy. So I can't even talk about how expensive that thing is anymore because, given the opportunity to experience why you're paying that. I wasn't there. I, I think I, I wish somebody could have potentially got Alec Pierce, I think, with one of those, like as he was skipping by. Would have been amazing. Nonetheless, I was gone. So, uh, yeah, Chiefs Bills, though. Had to get home for that. Ooh, oh, yeah. Had to get home to relax with the wife. Had to get home to enjoy the little bit of the day. And I, it's hard not to overreact to it all. And we're going to do Feel the Beat here in a little bit, AJ. And we got local reporters, and we're going to see how they're overreacting because they're the kings of it, AJ. We know that. Yeah, well, because they kind of have a – 
I guess local fan bases love to overreact, don't they? Like one way or the other. Now, like they either crown them after each game, you either crown your team champs or you say we're dead and we're playing for the draft. You want to crown them? Fucking crown them. Speaking of that team, we have some breaking news. If you do recall, um, you know, going into the season, the conversation was Kyler Murray gets a new contract. Yep. Kyler Murray needs to watch more film. Mm -hmm. The Arizona Cardinals are going all in to try to win a Super Bowl. Now, if you watch the Arizona Cardinals play against, you know, the Seahawks, if it wasn't for a blocked punt touchdown, they have zero touchdowns against the Seattle Seahawks defense. Now, I understand the Seahawks offense is is supposed to be fantastic, number one in the league. They weren't that proficient either. So maybe the Cardinals defense can hang their hat on that. But nonetheless, the offense is fucking abysmal to watch. You got a young you know, offensive guru, head coach, and Cliff Kingsbury, who just signed a new deal with the Cardinals. He's going to be there for a while. You got Kyler Murray, who's the new offensive project that you're, you know, every team is trying to get mobile, can throw the ball, seems to be incredibly likable, is popular. This seems to be the quarterback. If you're going to try to build a franchise, especially one in the fourth largest city in America in Phoenix, this is the perfect guy. You put those two together, it seems like you got fucking magic. You got an owner that spends money. You're going to be good. But they didn't have D-Hop for six weeks, so they thought, you know, how are they going to be better if for the first six weeks as opposed to what they were at the last or at the end of the season last year when D-Hop was out with an injury. They fucking sucked without him. So now for six weeks, are they going to be able to figure out how to be a team without him? They haven't. Mm-mm. He's coming back. Will that change anything? I don't know. They look boring, but they have made a trade. That is right. As of this morning, the Arizona Cardinals have traded for Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers who got kicked off the field just yesterday. With the addition of Robbie Anderson from Carolina and D-Hop coming back, will that be enough to make this Arizona Cardinals offense that has been boring and stale and terrible become good? AJ, your initial thoughts to hearing about this trade? I'm happy for Robbie Anderson. He said, like... There are some codes, basically, that I grew up on. I'm a man first, and that respect is mandated. So him and the wide receiver coach did not get along. Him and the head coach, I guess, did not get along. There was some shit probably said or actions that happened that made Robbie say, fuck this place. But now he's got a new home in Arizona, and they need to figure it out. Does this help him? I think obviously yes. Hey, Jay, how do they get him involved? I think it, it helps everyone involved. It helps Robbie Anderson. He gets out of Carolina, a place obviously having some issues with. They're not winning football games. He goes to Arizona now. With Kyler gets like a new life, and then D Hop's coming back. I mean, if you're Kyler Murray and you're Cliff Kingsbury, you got to be pretty excited about adding these two weapons now. Here's what Robbie tweeted uh, to Ian Rappaport's ice cold. Thank God, fingers crossed. To the moon. That's right. Boom. <laughs> so Robbie's bummed. He's, yeah, yeah, he's elated. Robbie seems like he's bummed. Here we go. And, and, <laughs> Robbie's yeah. happy. You know, back in the day. And I hate that we always have to bring this up, but back in the day, that situation happens with Robbie Anderson yesterday and the head coach. The rest of the NFL says, this guy, untouchable. Fucking can't do it. But there's numerous situations now over the past few years that in recent history of the NFL, guys and GMs and people that are in positions of power have said, it didn't work there, but... That don't fucking mean shit to us. We can make it work here. Worked great for the Rams last year with Odell Beckham Jr. Is Robbie Anderson going to Arizona enough to shift that culture offensively and to become something great with D-Hop coming back at the same time? Why not? It's overreaction Monday. Fucking good for Robbie. Good for the Cardinals. They fucking are terrible to watch, and they can't be like that for the rest of the season. (laughs) Yeah, and granted, it was a much different situation with Robbie Anderson, but this feels like the first of many for the Panthers this week. Like, who knows if McCaffrey is on the move now? DJ Moore also just signed a big deal. Who knows if they trade him, too? Like, the Panthers might blow this entire thing up, and there might be a few of these teams, similar to the Cardinals, who are 
you know, on paper very good, and then add that another piece to make him even better. We'll talk. Is to someone sh- giving up two ones though? Is someone going to give up two ones for Christian McCaffrey? No. So that's what Schrag said. Schrag said that there's going to be multiple first rounders to pick up Christian McCaffrey, and I, I don't know what the money situation is. I guess we should have looked into that. He got paid a lot of money, yeah. so I, maybe it's one of those like, yeah, he's up for trade. You know, like Kevin Durant was up for trade. Right. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, you need to give us like percentage of your fucking team everything but yeah we'll give you that is that what the conversation is or is he we'll talk to sheena quick beat writer for the panthers in about 12 minutes we got sal capaccio joining us in about two minutes rick stroud of the tampa bay buccaneers will be joining us and mark caboli of pittsburgh so we're about to feel the beat around town sheena is going to be a great conversation especially with this trade but you're right who all will they be on Loading, you think over there? You know what I mean? Maybe Baker. I mean, what? You, like, there's a long season to go too. You still got to field a team and ha- and play games and try to win some games. You know? Do you? Wilkes is, wants <laughs> yeah. to win some games. Yeah. The, the interim head coach sure as hell wants to win some games. Steve might. Do you think Tepper does though? After fucking everything he's done to try to get a quarterback? I don't know. What, what do they have ones next year? Probably not. They give up a one no, next I year. I think yeah. they do, but I don't. I don't think they. I mean, if they don't get like a top five pick, I, it's not a situation yeah. like the Eagles where you know they just have a bunch of first round picks. Like so, they need to hit whoever they get. You know, at, at the top. Yeah, of but the they draft. also maybe get a real high draft pick. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I, I, and nobody it's ever tried. wants to talk about tanking in the NFL because I was on a team where the people were saying that we were sucking for luck. I was trying to punt the ball as far as fucking possible. I had about a million dollars on the line. And I think a lot of my teammates had the same exact thing. So I don't know if it's necessarily possible for Steve Wilkes and for the team to ever want to tank. I mean, honestly, unless somebody debunks that, I don't think it's possible at all because jobs and careers can only be as long. And what you put on tape is what you put on tape. But if there's a way for Tepper to figure out how to fucking get that team. He can trade away all the players, yeah. (laughs) You can do that, like, easy. And you're just playing – playing with one hand behind your back because you trade away a lot of your best players. Yeah, Steve, yeah, we're paying all of his uh, salary this year, too, so you have no extra cap room. Good luck. Yeah, 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 good luck out there. See Steve's you. like, I'm trying to win some fucking games for these people. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. are we. Come on, come on. Win. <laughs> I'll say his fucking left guard pretty good. Get him out of here. Yeah. Let's get this guy. Is, is that the only way? I guess that would be the only way, and that would be Playing very- the long game. The owner can say, I'm playing the long game. I can't. You're, you're thinking too short term. I'm thinking the long game. Yeah. They do have their first, but they only have three other draft picks other than that. So they could they could be looking for some draft capital for next season. Look at them making some moves, dude. Good luck to the Panthers figuring it out. We'll talk to Sheena in about 10 minutes. Joining us now, though, is the first for today, but not the first time we've done this segment. When this segment debuted in the offseason, we thought to ourselves, we got gold. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mostly because it's not us talking, it's other people talking. It's also more information than we would have at an international level, at a much more local level, a boots on the ground level. Whenever you're in the NFL, you see these local reporters walking around every single day. They see the great, they see the terrible, they get their own narratives, their own beliefs on why things are doing. And we said, we got to start talking to those people more. So we created a segment called Feel the that's right. Uh, feel the beat where we talk to beat reporters around the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us once again from the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, one of our favorite ever paisano, Sal Capoccio. Hey! She's back. Love, man. I love being your feel the beat guy, man. Love being a part of your show. Thanks a lot, as always, guys. Hey, thank you. The stand-up mic right now with the AirPods. Are you at the facility right now waiting for some press conferences or something like that? 
believe it or not, I'm at a car dealership. My parents just moved from Florida back to Buffalo, and I'm helping them buy a car. So <laughs> while this was going on, I told the car dealership, I'm like, hey, do you have a spot where I can go on McAfee? And they put me in the conference room. Oh, well, hopefully they give you a little bit of a deal. Let's make sure we run the car facts on this thing. I, uh, you're a good human, Sal. Thank you for making time for us. No problem, man. No problem. Okay. Let's talk about this Buffalo Bills team, man. Massive win yesterday. Josh Allen proves to be he's the alien. He is. Seems like this team, though, has thought about this going into the season, that they haven't won shit, but they're a very good team. Is that still the vibe? Even after what happened yesterday, they could probably start feeling themselves a little bit, right? I mean, look, yesterday was massive for a lot of reasons, right? It's it's 5-1, and one, the only team at 5-1 and one in the AFC. Not only are they the top record in the AFC, but the other three division leaders who would be your seeds, 2, 3, and 4, they've already beaten head-to-head. Tennessee in the South, Baltimore in the North, now Kansas City in the West. We all know how big getting home field advantage is, but maybe even more importantly, having that extra bye week, that one week that only the one seed gets now. But as far as the last few years, I think this team feels like, you know, it's really, it's a Sean McDermott mindset, and that's what he'll tell you. That word he uses a lot. It's the mindset of we keep growing, and every part of our journey, we don't necessarily have to forget about 13 seconds we say, hey, that's going to be a part of our story. So I think they know who they are. I think they know that they had an opportunity last year, but I think they've embraced it and it's fueled them for this year. Sal, can you talk a little bit about like what Jordan Poyer had to do to, to get on the field yesterday? Yeah, he had to drive 15 hours from Buffalo to Kansas City. And um, John Scott, our great reporter here from Spectrum News, reported it afterwards. Jordan talked to him about it, about it, and I had no idea. I texted John. I said, this is insane. He said, yeah, he told me all about it. And then obviously now you guys know the story. It's been picked up and talked about a lot. But he was cleared to play football, but he wasn't cleared to fly because doctors were afraid apparently about a collapsed lung or something like that that could happen because of the air pressure. So he actually, the team arranged for him to make sure he got to uh, Kansas City. He drove there. They arranged for his family to get a ride to Kansas City. They all got there in time. And of course, you know, he was part of that defense that held the number one offense in the league to 20 points and sealed it at the end of the at the end of the game with Taron Johnson's interception. Moana seems to be a real guy out there. It was fantastic to watch that team. Poyer was just in Indy. I guess he's driving through. Uh, I think we'll there be talking. Go. We'll be talking to him in. Uh, 37, uh, 42 minutes. Yep. We were oh. talking to him about 42 minutes from the Sprinter van that he drove uh, that the Bills got him in there. And it's crazy to think that the football game is safer uh, than flying, uh-huh. but I guess that's because of pressurization of the cabin there. Don't want the lung to collapse. Is he going to be okay for the long haul? I know we got the bye week coming up. Is there any other injuries that everybody's got their eyes on? Or are we okay coming in? So let me start with Poyer, okay? I want to tell you guys something. Think about this. This is the guy who wa- he wants a new contract. We know that, right? Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, he wants a new contract. I mean, you guys, you've been in the league. How often do you know of a guy who wants a new contract? He's in a situation like this. He's like, I'm not risking myself. I'm putting a lot of money on the line. What does that tell you about Jordan Poyer? His commitment, his dedication to this football team and this franchise to make sure he goes out there and balls with his teammates while he's in this situation where doctors won't even clear him to fly. So any notion of Jordan taking it easy, contract year, nothing like that. He wants the ball. He's going to get paid, whether it's by the Bills or somebody else. But he wants to win the Lombardi Trophy in Buffalo, and he wants to stay in Buffalo, and we hope it happens. The Bills had a lot of injuries the last few weeks, guys. They really got cleaned up. Uh, before yesterday's game. Only one big injury came out of the game. We'll see where it goes. It's Spencer Brown, the starting right tackle. It looked horrible while he was down, but he came out in a walking boot uh, later on. He was walking around. It's an ankle injury. They do have a bye week. Maybe they'll get him back, but right now they're a lot cleaner and a lot healthier than they've been all season. What about Josh Allen? Is there any worry on how much they may use him 
in the run game going on. It's like everyone wants to talk about, oh, Josh Allen, he's so dynamic, jumping over people, so physical. Do you see well, them awesome. dialing that back at all as the season goes? I mean, he jumped over. You know, we, we talk about it a lot, right? You guys do. I do. Media does. Fans do. But he's Josh Allen, right? And he's going to do whatever it takes to win the game. And sometimes, as you know, you got to protect guys from themselves. And Josh is going to do so much that even when he's in a situation where maybe he shouldn't go for that extra yard or two, he's going to do that because he wants to win all the time. We did see last year under Brian Dable, of course, they did kind of dial it back a little bit as opposed to the previous year. And then they ramped him up as the season went on, as they needed the games late in the season, when they went in the playoffs. That's what they did. Fourth quarter, games you need a run, at the, uh, a run on the line. I think we might see a little bit of that, but yesterday was a game where Josh has hurt Kansas City with his legs in the past. They did blitz a lot. There were some running lanes, and he got going a little bit. So I think they will, in the long run, dial him back a little bit. But really, when the game is on the line, they need a run. They're not afraid to use Josh Allen. They shouldn't be because he's so great at it. Tony and I were talking about this earlier. He is... He runs like a running back, too. He'll wait for the lineman yeah. to get in front of him, you know, and then he'll, like, wait it out. He looks like a running back running the ball. He's as big as a defensive end. I mean, it is quite a weapon that you guys have that nobody else does, and I think you should take advantage of it. Five and one going into the bye. What a fucking time to be a Buffalo Bill. Patriots fan, Boston Connor, your question for Sal Capaccio. Yeah, Sal, uh, Dawson Knox got in the end zone yesterday for the first time. What was kind of the vibe when he came off the field after? And how, how big was that for the team to see him kind of performing yesterday yeah and in case some of your listeners or viewers don't know i'm sure you've covered it but you know dawson lost his younger brother luke in this offseason right around week one week two maybe right to the preseason i should say uh luke was a student athlete at uh florida atlantic he was a football player as well um suddenly lost him very tragic dawson went through a lot obviously dawson is one heck of a football player but he's an incredible human being as well. Dawson's foundation here that he's a big part of is the Punt Foundation. It's for pediatric research, uh, pedi- uh, research for pediatric cancer to combat that. Um, Brian Mormon, the former punter. There you go, Pat, the former punter, Brian Mormon. He's a big part of the Punt Foundation as well. Dawson's involved with that. And, you know, the community, as you know, here in Buffalo, Bill's Mafia rallies around these causes all the time. And they really rallied around Dawson and donated a lot of money. But for Dawson to get that touchdown, I'm getting chills thinking about it, guys. I was, yeah. I was on the field and he did the kiss and looked up and pointed up to his brother in the sky. And for him to have that touchdown from his good friend, Josh Allen, it was really awesome. And by the way, he signed that contract extension in the offseason. We're so thankful to have Dawson that's going to be a part of our community and here, a part of the football team for a, a several more years. Hell yeah. And I, um, I listened to what Stefan Diggs said about him. You saw him get a little bit emotional about Dawson Knox and the whole experience that has taken place with the loss of his brother. And then the tweet that Dawson – and Twitter is filled with – you know, a lot of things. And you can say a lot of things about Twitter. I don't think I've ever looked at a tweet and immediately got like a little bit emotional. Dawson put out a tweet that basically said, hey, this one's for you, 16 or whatever. And I'm almost like getting emotional thinking about it yeah. right now. Like, what a moment. It feels like uh, the Buffalo Bills have it all humming. And uh, seems like they're the tightest group in the NFL, too. Yeah. That, that, that feels like a group that's like a family up there, Sal. Honestly, it truly feels that way. You know, you guys can speak about this. Like, I'm... I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing football. I didn't make it to the level you guys did, but I believe in the culture and the family atmosphere of football. That's what it's about. You're never going to be team. I think playing style, football. Team. That's in that's any right. team sport, I, I think. That's right. But I, I tell you, I think playing football, and I played a lot of sports, but I think football more than anything really um, got me to learn about how to play with, how to interact with you know, different people of all different walks of life and to love the person next to you and play for them and everything on the line, right? And that's what football is about. Oh, and Sean McDermott is old school and he believes in that. I had a front office member tell me in 2017, 
He's never seen, and he's been around a while, he's never seen anyone bring a locker room together the way Sean McDermott can bring a locker room together. And that's real, right? We had a lot of debates. Everybody says they're going to change the culture. Every time a new coach comes in, going to change the culture, going to change the culture. Well, you can have your own culture. That's okay. Rex Ryan had his own culture. But this team's culture is all about that. It's all about family. It's all about team. It's all about putting the team before yourself, dedicated individuals to their craft and what they're doing. They like to say here, Bill's DNA. When they bring someone in, they have to have a Bill's DNA. That is real. That is what they preach. That is what they practice. And you're seeing the fruits of that on the field. These guys truly do love each other and play for each other. That's amazing to hear. It's uh, paying off. And on the field, it looks spectacular. Massive win. There was a Super Bowl in October is what everybody was saying. And we are lucky to watch it at 425. We're also lucky to chat with you every chance we get, even whenever you're buying a car for your parents because you're a good person. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Buffalo Bills, beat reporter, absolute stallion and chip. Were you on the field yesterday? We saw you on the field yesterday. Yeah, I was on the field. Um, I, they caught me. I was I was yeah. doing my post game interview. I'm the I'm the Bills Radio Network sideline reporter, so I'm on every every game I'm on the field. But as you should be, I was doing the I was I was going out to interview Taron Johnson post game after the win, and I was right in the middle of the field as all the cameras were coming between Pat and Josh, and then Sean McDermott walked by. So I looked at Sean and I said, "Hey, congratulations!" Shook his hand, obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a great moment. But listen, here's the thing: I remember walking off that field after last year, 13 yeah. seconds. And how different the feeling was and just seeing the, the looks on those Bills' faces last year. And Jordan Poyer, who was emotional last year after the game, after the loss, looking over and see the cameras on Mahomes. Hey, it's not the playoffs yet, right? We know that. But that feeling yesterday was really special. And to get back home and know this team has a bye week. So, Absolutely. Hey, listen, you guys know I love being on with you, too. Much love to you so much, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're the best, Pies on Soccer Paul. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, the Bills seem to have it all figured out going into a bye. Early bye for a team of the Bills stature, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit early. I'd almost want to keep it rolling, but hey, they don't, they don't really get to choose, yeah. do they? No, but th- that, well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, the Titans had a bye this past week. It's like Titans were number one in the AFC last year. <laughs> if I'm the Titans, I'm looking at Schedule Maker. I'm like, fucking week six, dude? 18 yeah. weeks? What? We're number one in the yeah, AFC? Who makes that decision? Who makes those decisions? I don't know. Is it the Schedule Maker? I assume, I always thought if you had a good team, it'd be a favorable buy. Like, hey, we'll get you like 10 week, 11 week, 12 week, something in there. Titans are like, we're number one team in AFC. And we got the first available bye week, week six. I mean, it's a long haul. Longest season of all time. Earliest bye week we've ever had. What did we do to get that? Oh, we just won one in the AFC last year. I, yeah. oh, I was okay. wild when I because the Lions, Texans, right. okay, makes sense. Raiders, I mean, with the team they built in the offseason, you would think not, but the, how they've been the last 20 years probably is indicator of that. And then the Titans, it's like, that's a tough early bye week, man. You got a long haul. There ain't nothing you can do about it. There ain't nothing you can do about it. But that is a long haul on the other side. Payback for giving the lead. COVID. Oh, you think like, hey, remember when? Yeah. Remember yeah. when you gave the lead. COVID nineteen. Remember when? You got a week six bye now. Hope you enjoy it. All right, it's time to continue to feel the beat. I think we hit it for the first time. Yeah, that was money. Honestly, we were feeling that beat. It's time to get back in and learn a little bit about what's going on on the streets of Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheena Quinn. Sheena, thank you for joining us again. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Well, we're doing better than the Carolina Panthers, it does appear. I mean, yesterday, a big loss to the Super Bowl champs. I think we all expected that. But now Robbie Anderson gets kicked off the field by the coach. Then now, this morning, he's traded to the Arizona Cardinals. He's one of your best players. What the hell's going on over there, Sheena? 
I don't even think the coaches know what is going on. So many things have happened over the last seven days. Um, people expected for if there was going to be a, a coordinator fired, they would have assumed it would be Ben McAdoo because the offense has been so poor. But it made sense for it to be Phil Snow because that's Rule's right-hand man. So um, I, I was asked a couple weeks ago if I felt like the Panthers' offensive struggles were Baker or Ben McAdoo, and I said both. So with all those other factors gone, rules gone, Baker's injured, that was all Ben McAdoo's offense that you saw on Sunday that only could muster three points. What about Christian McCaffrey? We're hearing that he's on the trade block possibly and it might take a a couple first-rounders to get him. Do you see him uh, being moved? I don't think so. I think it would take a lot for him to be moved, and I don't know if a team is willing to take on that type of burden. I mean, he's a great player, but he still has kind of like the injury issues kind of in the back of your mind from the past two seasons. He's been healthy so far, but you got to imagine that that plays into the negotiations at least a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like they don't want to move him. That's why the price tag is two first-rounders, but what do they want to do, you think? Yeah, I mean, is Robbie Anderson just because they think they can still win games if they get rid of Robbie who might not have seen the same way? Are they trying to unload right now, you think, Sheena? What's the feeling? Oh, sorry, Sheena. You think they're trying to unload right now? Is that what it feels like? Let's see if I can... Oh, no. You back? Now I can hear you. Yep. Hey, great to see you again, Sheena. You're doing fantastic. We apologize for the technical <laughs> difficulties. But what do you think it is going on over there? You think they're trying to unload to get a better draft pick? Do you think they moved Robbie Anderson because he wasn't going to buy into new culture that Steve Wilkes had? They're trying to win. What do you think it is right now in Carolina? I don't think that's what it is. I think that that playbook is extra conservative. If you looked at the game or if you were – you know, I apologize. If you had to watch that game yesterday, there was only one ball thrown past 10 yards. Robbie Anderson is your deep ball threat. So there was effectively no inclusion for him in the offensive game plan yesterday. And that frustration bubbled over. But that's not the first week that this has happened. We've seen several times where he gets little to no targets per game. So you're not really, I mean, it doesn't matter how good he is or how good his numbers have been in the past. If you're not factoring him into the game plan, what's the point of him being there? So think- I don't think it was a failure to buy in, so to speak. I do think it's frustration with the play calling and not getting the ball in his hands. Okay, do, you think, that's what do you think front office and ownership that are trying to suck right now? Because the players and coaches never going to be able to do that. I was on a team where everybody said that we were sucking for luck, and it's like I actually had $1 million on the line for how I did. I'm like – I don't give a fuck about Andrew Luck. Like, I am trying to do my job. Like, right. players are never going to try to tank. Coaches are never going to try to tank because coaches' jobs are on the line and their careers can only do this. But do you think front office is okay with them? What do you think is the expectation out there from up top in Carolina on this particular season? Well, I don't think that they're purposely failing. I think they're failing because of just lack of experience. This is David Tepper's, what, fourth year being an owner? And he put it in perspective when he talked to us after he fired Matt Rule. He said, you know, there's guys with 40 years in the game. I'm kind of just learning to conform in some areas. You know, he's a self-made billionaire, so he marches to the beat of his own drum. And I think that that's been the biggest thing holding him back is not that he can just come in here and run this football team with no experience, no outside input or shaking things up and trying to do something different. It's just not working yet. But I don't think that he's setting out to tank. I really don't because it really, really bothers him that the fans are just like done with this team 
So I don't think it's a failure on purpose. I think it's a failure by process. Okay. Okay. Got it. So the Robbie Anderson trading isn't just like a sign of things to come where they're going to be like, hey, you're good at football. Let's get you out of here. You're good at football. Let's get you out of here. That's good news for everybody, Sheena. Let's hope that doesn't happen anywhere in the NFL. Ty, you have a question for Sheena? Yeah. So Sheena, if there's not like an impending fire sale coming, do you think that Steve Wilkes is actually going to get an opportunity to be retained as the head coach? Or do you think the front office is kind of already starting to put a motion in plan to find out who the next head coach is going to be i think they're already putting a plan in motion i mean he wasn't really given a lot to 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 mess with right here i mean it's not a bad roster which i don't which is the reason i don't see a fire sale but they cannot score so in my opinion uh i I just just don't think it's a fire sale i'm sorry (laughs) So I don't. I mean, that, that, that's that's my consensus. I'm sorry. It's not a lot to draw off of when it comes to this team to try to be nice and positive. I mean, the entertaining thing was that Robbie was losing his mind on the sideline. It's not a good thing, but it did kind of wake everybody up. Like after that first drive, Carolina was a snooze fest. Okay, Sheena. So vastly different than what we thought going into the season. Remember, we talked to you in yeah. training camp. Yeah. You know, good it defense. seemed like it was going well. Baker was playing. The defense was <laughs> going to be good. You know, it was going to be fun. This, it's terrible right now in Carolina. Is that what you're saying? It is no bueno down there in Carolina right now, Sheena? It is terrible, horrible, no good, very bad season in oh, Carolina right now. No. And I mean, it, but it's it's just bad because if you look at the roster, they should win games. They just don't have any competent coaching right now. And unfortunately, I think they're going to ride this thing out with Ben McAdoo. I don't know what he was thinking yesterday. Like, it's either a pass-happy offense or a run-happy offense. There's never any balance. You're not playing to the strength of your players. And, yeah, Baker's out. Yes, Sam is out. But to be fair, Baker was thinking it up before he left. So it's not like P.J. Walker is a vast downgrade. No, we love P.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're yeah, loving your team. Vast- Sounds like yeah, you're he- loving it down there right now, Sheena. We apologize that it stinks. It's no good, terrible, well, what you say? Ne- terrible, no good, very bad season. <laughs> like the book, the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. That's what they're having down in Carolina. Like to the point where I knew that I was going to have to come back on here and talk about this team. So I was like, let me just get my hair braided. So my hair will already be done. <laughs> I felt the Matt Rule firing coming. I did. I felt the firing coming. I was like, let me just throw the braids in so I'll be ready to go at whatever part of the country I'm in when Pat calls me because something's going to happen here. Man. Lo and behold, my braids did not go to waste. <laughs> Matt's gone. Hey. We don't know what's going on with the Baker Mayfield. We hear something different about his injury every day. Sam Darnold is turning to Sammy D. He's walking around in the locker room with a full beard and, and a temp fade, almost like Joe Brady. So it's just crazy <laughs> stuff happening. And I was like, I just need to be prepared. Uh, well, we appreciate you. The braids look amazing. Robbie Anderson gets thank traded you. on top of that. We can't thank you enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Sheena Quick. Yes, we, we did feel the beat and asked for Sheena uh, just because Carolina's as a whole, uh-huh. and then Robbie Anderson gets traded after uh-huh. that. I mean, it was like Carolina right now is a real story. And this goes back to the, you know, the convo about Tepper saying, if you ain't winning, we don't, hey, I will make moves. And yeah. I think she alluded to that a little bit. Self-made billionaire. He was a minority owner, I think, for the Steelers there for a bit, 5%. right? 5%. He had 5%. So he didn't get to learn anything about the fucking NFL whenever he was doing that? Or are you just kind of hands off, you're nowhere to be found whenever that happened? I have no idea how it works. Well, because that was interesting, her saying, like, he had no experience running a team. I just – I don't know what that – Yeah, what, what kind of input do you have if you own 5% of a team? Do you get any input? Or do you I just – they just, just send you, like, the quarterly letters to tell you how it's going? Yeah, do you want a suite? Uh, that'll be – you'll go down to 4.5%. Like, is that yeah. what it is? You, you just hands off completely, has no idea what it is being an NFL team, I guess. And that's why the hiring maybe is what she's referring to is 
the hirings have stunk completely. Yeah, but even like having input, I feel like it's not that's not as important when you're just trying to learn. Isn't just being in the room and kind of seeing how you know the Roonies do it versus like yeah, actually what, what exactly what what what, what you, so it's the hiring. Is that the big part? The hiring is what the owner who had no idea what the fuck they were doing would fuck up? I guess, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you have never, well, I guess he has been in football, but if you never hired a head NFL coach, it's a pretty big undertaking, I guess, to try to do. GM would be a big one, too, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. that would be the first move, right? And also, GM like, head coach, that's a, it's a huge decision you have to make there. Yeah, and if you fuck it up, you are fucked. You got to restart again. You know, here we go again. Taking that risk on a college coach, too. That's never coached in the NFL. Also a very bold way to start it off. Yeah, yeah. but he saw something in him. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He saw something in him. All right, let's continue to feel the B. Hell yeah. It is time to go back to an old faithful. A man who's been on IR because of a surgery, because of an infection where he almost lost his goddamn leg. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who has had to recover from two Achilles tears, an infection breakout, and almost losing it all. Pittsburgh Steelers beat reporter for The Athletic, Mark Wall. What's up, guys? Hey, look at you back better than ever, pal. We have missed you mightily on the internet, Mark. Oh, I missed you guys as well, but... uh... You know, it's been a heck of an 11 months. I don't wish it on anybody, but hey, no use complaining because nobody cares. Oh, oh we, we, care, Mark. we care, We care, Mark. That's why we reached out to you. We care. But this is the recent one. You almost lost your damn leg. Is that real? Uh, well, I blame it all on Cleveland. I came home from Cleveland on that Thursday night, and next thing you know, I'm in the emergency room two days later. My leg this size at about, you know, a tree trunk or redwood. <laughs> Red five blade. days later and having surgery and, and let me tell you something about infections in legs it's not good so like Thanks. i said i coming off the ir fully tomorrow and see where we go there hopefully it's not one of those uh you know one or two day things and i gotta go back on ir but i don't believe so hey that a baby mark yeah, yeah mark shout out to your body fighting that infection from cleveland i do love the fact that you're just you know, burying Cleveland, it continues to add to the lore of Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Let's talk about Pittsburgh versus Pittsburgh right now. Mitchell Trubisky gets on the field after Kenny Pickett gets a concussion, and he makes some big-time plays. I seen you tweeting about, hey, hey Mitch, don't give a shit. Trubisky, <laughs> he might be the guy right now. Is that the conversation around Pittsburgh, or is that just you about Mitch Trubisky continuing to lead the team while we let Kenny Pickett maybe watch him and learn a little bit this year? Yeah, it's it's a tough situation right now because Pittsburgh's still in love with Kenny Pickett, and rightfully so. You know, he's a guy who is going to be the future. But the question the Steelers need to know is is if they want to win now. And if you have that Mitch Trubisky that you saw on Sunday come in there, and like I said, he doesn't really care, just winging it around, converting third and 16s, um, scrambling, taking hits, making throws down the field, you have a chance to win. You're only a game out of first place in the division, but you're only like a game out of the worst team in the AFC as well. So it's a tough thing to balance right there. But Mitch came in yesterday, and he really did not give a shit. Let me tell you that. He was just winging it, saying, what do I have to lose? And it worked out pretty well for him. Hell yeah. And one guy that uh, I guess did very well with that was Claypool. Chase Claypool, I think, had a huge day. Sometimes people love to give him a hard time for things he says or does off the field or dancing or whatever, like old old school people that have no room for anyone to have a personality. But 
I think Chase is a monster, and he proved it yesterday. Do you, conti- do you think we'll continue to see that? Yeah, you, they need to. If you looked after, after the game, Tomlin wasn't going to throw much praise his way. Somebody asked him about Claypool's performance. He goes, yeah, that's uh, one game. Because he knows that Chase can get distracted at times. He has to have his mind set straight. And when he does, he's a 6'4", what, 230-pound receiver that can get open and, you know, he's just a big, strong guy. And they need him to be successful and need him to make oh, that yeah. play. And you look down that stretch, those final two drives where if either if anything happened in there, if they, if they have to punt, they're going to lose. I mean, Tom Brady's going to come down and score and you're going to lose. Wow. And Claypool made yeah. play after play. And, and that's what you need from him. So if, look at it as a step in the right direction. Is it Trubisky throwing the ball and not giving a shit, or is it Canada maybe drawing up some plays for them to actually attack downfield and give Chase Claypool and George Pickens and the whole crew an, an actual chance? What do you think it is, Kaboli? There is nobody giving Matt Canada any credit, so I wouldn't even go there. So, <laughs> so hold on. Why not? Nobody here not? or there? Anywhere? No, nowhere. Nowhere. It was, you know, it, when was the last time guy? an offensive when was the last time an offensive coordinator, I mean, in the league or at least in Pittsburgh, was uh, revered? Nobody. I mean, everybody thinks they play Madden, they can call a game but better than Matt Canada. There has been a lot of suspect play well, calling here. Valid. I think it was Mitch. I don't think they wanted Mitch. I think they beat into Mitch's head so much that they didn't want him to make the mistake. Like defense win the game, run the ball, win like they did yesterday. And I think he was being hesitant. I mean, how many more chances is he going to get with this team? You go out there, and instead of throwing that check down, you try to throw it in between three guys, and you make a play, let George Pickens make a play or not. And I think that's what it was. I think Mitch took it on himself and saying, this is my maybe my last opportunity, so I'm just going to go out there. And you see the touchdown pass to Claypool. You know, right on rhythm, boom, in between three guys. I don't know if he makes that throw three weeks ago. Yeah, it's it's very different whenever you get to watch somebody else have a little bit of success and then also take it in. He's got to watch Josh Allen, that offense, do very well. I wonder what he learned from there. He was able to watch how he was performing with the Steelers, which was very boring. I mean, that was super, super boring. <laughs> is it him? Is it play call? He came back in and said, I don't give a fuck what the play call is. Let's make some damn plays. I'm Mitch. Don't give a shit. Trubisky and Schittsburg. What's going on, Tone Diggs? Mark, my favorite thing to do is follow on Twitter what the fans, Steelers fans, want uh, week by week. Oh. Um, is there ever a chance that Jalen Warren is the starting running back over Naj? Uh, I know Tomlin's been very complimented of him, um, but one's, a, one's undrafted, one's first round. Is that ever? That's never going to happen. Naj right? scored a touchdown yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Which Naj's touchdown was probably a pretty good play call by Matt Cannon. If you go back and look, he was wide open. So you, you can't really give him credit on that. However, if it was up to Pittsburgh, uh, Jalen Warren would be starting. He would probably be in the ring of honor come tomorrow. He might be a yeah, pro football. I mean, he has about eight carries so uh, for about 40 yards. So that, that qualifies him for Hall of Fame. But I don't see. I mean, you, you got to have space. I mean, and, and there was not much – of the offensive line creating space for anybody and getting to the second level. And you got to get to the second level to be able to get runs that are, you know, more than two or three yards. And you looked yesterday, and, and even in the past, I mean, Harris is getting hit before he even hits the, touches the ball. I mean, I don't care who you put in there. You can put Walter Payton in there. You can put in Barry <laughs> Sanders, and maybe not Barry Sanders because he can make people miss, but yeah. it's Walter hard. Payton, you got to have a right. hole. Yeah. He does. That's what he, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just telling you what Kamali said. Yeah. It's not what I said. He's Sorry. Right. 
He's a Barry, maybe. Walter. Yeah. Not a chance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here's the problem. Walter would run somebody over. Barry would just make a miss. And I think uh, you need to meet people miss. I think there was three or four times again yesterday that Harris Najee was hitting the backfield. So, I mean, you're not going to get anything that like that, right? Uh-oh. Was that Nosh? <laughs> was that Matt Canada calling, saying, hey, thanks yeah, for sticking Matt up Matt Canada's on Canada's on the horn, wants me to see in his office tomorrow at 2 o'clock. <laughs> hey, Canada, good guy. Canada, good guy. He is a guy that's very Uh-oh. interesting. I don't want to rip on him because I've only talked to him in the formal situation. Well, that's what this guy says. That's what I – well, boy, don't say what I him in the formal. We talked to him in the formal situation, and the oh. personality doesn't quite come through. Put it that way. Oh, the guy sucks. <laughs> the guy sucks in the press conference. He's not giving you guys anything. I love that, actually. I mean, it, it's just dry. It's dry. You know what he likes to say? He likes to say, well, I appreciate your question. But then he doesn't answer it. What are you appreciating for? You know, That's a fair <laughs> question to ask, and he doesn't answer it. He's not going to give you much of anything. So uh, I'm sure he's uh, gets filtered through the Internet to him that what people – think about him around here so well, especially with what you're saying go ahead yeah. aj sorry about it kaboli any uh any update the day after with kenny pickett and his uh, i believe concussion symptoms or whatever and also tj watt what's his uh, timetable look like yeah it looks like tj watt will be back after the bye week that's the word on the street right now was that november 13th maybe against the saints word. uh they, they got two tough games they got go to miami next weekend and uh then across the state to Philadelphia. So if you're able to get one of those games, you're still in it and have T.J. Watt back. And he, he's obviously a catalyst to this whole defense. I mean, the defense played spectacular. What, you don't, what people don't seem to understand yesterday is they beat Tom Brady without their first, second, third cornerbacks and the, one of the best safeties in the league. They were pulling people off the practice squad that you had no idea what their name was. And you're looking at the roster and say, who's number, who's 31, who's 16? So that defense has played uh, extremely well. And But they need Watt back. And as for Pickett, he's just going to go through the protocol. And, and how it looks like it, what's happening in the league nowadays, they're, they're being very cautious. So, I mean, without just totally speculating, I think it might be tough for him to play in Miami Sunday night. We're not allowed to speculate on those types of things, but you are, (laughs) Caboli, because you got your ear to the ground and you're listening to the word on the street. We appreciate you from The Athletic, the legend, who's back off IR tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Caboli. Yeah! Yeah. baby Caboli. Fucking love that guy. Word on the street, AJ. You know what I mean? I love when he talks about Canada and he just paused for 10 seconds before he answered it, really. He's interesting. Uh, let's go to the other side of the ball in that particular game. Let's head down to the team that lost to a team who didn't have their first, second, or third corner, had practice squad guys getting signed on Jeez. Saturday, getting a win on Sunday. A man who covers the team down in Tampa Bay. Let's continue to feel the Yesterday was a tough day for this particular team. Yesterday was a tough day for a city that had a champion just a couple years back. Yesterday was a tough day for everybody in Tampa Bay. Joining us now is a man who's been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for like 40 years. He is a writer for the Tampa Bay Times and also a part of Sports Day Tampa Bay podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Stroud. 
Rick, what's going on? What's up, Pat? Hey, the press conference just ended with Todd Bowles. Is that why you're standing there? And what did we hear? Can we dive right into it? What is Todd Bowles' message after the loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday? Well, I mean, they got to get better at situational football. You know, there's there's not a facet that they didn't do well in, right? Short yardage is <laughs> kicking their butts right now. Red zone, um, third and long. Like, all the things that pro football is about, they're getting beat with. And there's a lot of talk about the offensive line. Doesn't sound like any changes personnel-wise are, are in store with Luke Gedeke or anybody. But they're a very frustrated football team right now. And, and you know, yesterday after the game, he talked about he hoped – that guys weren't living uh, off the Super Bowl from two years ago. They've gotten so many pats on the back that it's one thing to think years. you're a good football team, but they're not playing that way. Hey, they're going to be able to go into any party for the rest of their lives as Super Bowl champions. Uh-huh. I guess that honeymoon phase of being able to walk around with the ring has been maybe lingering into the building, and that's the only reason why he brought it up is if he thought that that was the case, both mm-hmm. as an assistant coach last year and now as a head coach. He said, hey, these seem to be the problems. Let's talk about a problem that you alluded to there, the offensive line. Tom Brady, who I think was at Robert Kraft's wedding that was officiated by Al Michaels on Friday and might have missed a walk through on Saturday on Sunday with a hat on is telling the offensive line you guys are so much better than what you're fucking doing right now is that type of stuff seeping into the team right now is there a little bit of beef or why are people stinking right now Stroud what do you think's going on down there well wouldn't you like to know what those thought bubbles are from the offensive lineman when he's laying into them like yeah where were you on Saturday you know or Friday <laughs> could have fixed this uh, on Saturday yeah. Yeah. could have yeah. had this one figured out on Saturday maybe yeah but he's the goat yeah. right that is that kind of the thing he's the greatest of all time so it's whatever well i you know what um I'm sure they talk about it in the locker room. You guys know that. Just like we talk about things, I'm sure they do too. And there's no question he has missed time this year. When you're losing, it becomes a topic. But as Todd Bowles said today, he said, listen, guys get days off all the time. Nobody knows about it. You know, it's not publicized. Mm. There's 53 guys on his football team. But if Tom Brady shows up in a photo, you know, at Bob Kraft's wedding, then obviously we all know where he's at. So um, mm. he, he doesn't think that it's any different than, than the other players. I mean, I would submit to you that he's earned it. You know, let's be honest. They didn't lose that football game because he went to a wedding. Um, you know, they, they lost it because they they couldn't score and couldn't get a yard when they needed to. And so, you know, Tom is still the most prepared quarterback in the NFL. I don't care how many weddings he attends during the week. He's still going to be ready to play. He's just not playing well. And he's not playing well. You know, I, I saw a lot of throws uh, that, that balls were in the dirt. Um, he was under 50% in the first half. They say nothing's wrong with them, but you worry about that shoulder and what kind of you know what kind of impact that might have on him longer short term. So we'll just have to see how the, how it plays out. But he, he has not played his best football either. Rick, is there anything that I know it's tough to like speculate why? Is there anything when you watch and you're around the team and you, you feel like what the culture is like? Is there can you sense any reason of why it is like this? Like they don't seem to be on the same page, especially offensively. Um, you know, I just think it's it's not a good offensive line. I mean, they've had too many changes, right? And the one guy that they miss the most is Ryan Jensen. And and not just because of, of, of hey, you know, him uh, being a veteran. It's the snarl. Coach. You know, running the football is as much about attitude as anything, right? And they don't have that guy, right? They don't have um, the leader in the, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, the snarl department. Yeah. And, and so – you know, you've got you've got a young guy in Gedeke that's trying to learn how to play. Um, you know, Ali Marpet was a Pro Bowl player as well. Didn't talk a lot, but he he brought it. And so, you know, when when you, they've been bad in short yardage all this time. You know, uh, 
second and goal at the one yard line, one foot line. And, you know, it's just been bad. And, and you're so close to winning that game, even though you played poorly. So they, I think the leadership on this team, the guys after the game talked about that. When you lose an Indomitian Sue, when you lose a Jason Pierre-Paul, yeah, maybe those guys aren't great players anymore, uh, but they were great leaders and they did it on game day. And, um, Right now, they, they need some more guys to step up and make plays. I think you lead by making plays, and the Shaq Barretts and the Levante Davids and these kind of guys uh, you know, need to start making plays. What about the coach? Like Byron Leftwich is now – it's his offense, right? No more B.A. without B.A. And I wonder what B.A.'s thoughts are when he lays his head down about how this is all going, not publicly or around the team, but actual genuine thoughts because it appears as if all hell has broken loose since he's left. He's still around day-to-day. Byron Leftwich is – what is he saying in these press conferences about why the offense is what it is? Is it the same thing you're saying? Like we got to get protected better, and then once we get protected better, we're off and running. Can, they, can he coach around that? Can he script around that or no? Well, first of all, um, you know, Byron was averaging 30 points a game with Tom the last two years, and now they're down to 20. I think that's more than just an offensive line. I think there's some philosophical changes as well, and I think Tom probably welcomed them. I don't think he wanted to lead the league in pass attempts at 719. I think at 45, he doesn't want to get back there and and get hit as much. So, um, you know, they're playing complementary football. They're doing it to help their defense a little bit against these high-powered teams. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's really Brady and Leftwich together trying to figure this thing out. And uh, it's not working very well, whether it's the play calling, the execution, all of it. It's all bad right now. So just like when you got all the glory when you were scoring 30 points a game with Tom Brady, now you got to take the heat. you got the greatest quarterback of all time that can't throw more than one touchdown a game. That's a problem. And so it falls on his shoulders and Tom's to kind of figure this thing out because um, this season can get – you know, it's not going to get away from him in the NFC South. I still think they'll win this division, but there's there's not a lot of good vibe in this building right now. Man, it's crazy to think about where they were two years ago, last year, and then now. Week six, going into week seven, everybody's thinking Tampa might be in some real trouble. And they got Tom, who, Tone tweeted it, might have made the worst <laughs> on retirement in the history of yeah. any sport Bye, of Paul. all time. Connor, your your question for Rick Stride. Yeah, Rick, what's going on with Julio Jones? Are they just trying to save him for more so the end of the season, maybe a playoff push? And do you see uh, the Bucks being kind of buyers here towards the deadline and maybe adding to the team? You know what? They, they need to be buyers. I'll start with Julio. I, I don't think it's a surprise. And really, you can look at their whole free agent class. You know, when you sign older players that have been injured, they don't normally don't get less injured and more productive. It just doesn't happen in this league. You know, it's still kind of a young man's league. I mean, obviously Brady is the unicorn, but everybody else, Akeem Hicks was injured, you know, and he's injured again. Julio Jones, not only can he not play, he can't practice. And that was a problem in Tennessee. That's why they got rid of him. Um, you know, Russell Gage hasn't shown very much. Um, Kyle Rudolph can't get on the field. So this, this, this free agent class has not been good. And hasn't hasn't really lent a lot to it. So, you know, I, I think the thing with Julio is if he's going to play, they they want him to be there for an extended period. They feel like they can, they got Godwin, they got Evans. They'll find a third receiver until you get to the money time in November, December, and hope hope, which is not a plan, um, that that he will come back. Now, it, I don't see why they wouldn't be in for every single free agent that's out there. This is Brady's last year. Certainly, Brady's last year in Tampa. You've got to you've got to pound the door for for OBJ. You know, heck, if Christian McCaffrey, if you can afford him, uh, Leonard Fournette's going to wear out at some point. So, 
Uh, and I don't think that'll happen because it's Carolina, but I still think that any guy that, that has a resume that can help this team win a game in the postseason, they got to be in it for it. That's one of my favorite overreaction Monday rants of all time. Mm-hmm. Not that it's an overreaction either. Seems <laughs> no. like it's pretty legit, and all eyes are on how Tampa can turn this thing back around. And to add to another free agent, Cole Beasley retired after being there for a week and a half. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nah, he's ain't what I fucking signed up for. Ty, your question, last one here for Rick Stroud. Yeah, Rick, you kind of alluded to the vibes and, and everything that's going on there. And that, for the media, it's been very easy to say, hey, everything's burning down in Tampa with all the Tom stuff and Cole Beasley <laughs> retiring early and all that kind of stuff. Do you think any of that is actually kind of starting to seep into the locker room or not really? Is it just getting emphasized because they have haven't been winning and do you assume that this team come playoff time is going to be ready to go and, and and a team to be you know reckoned with well you can't predict right what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day I mean it's not a deep team to begin with in certain areas and starting with the offensive line so they can't sustain injuries to either tackle uh, there's a lot of players if I took off this team I would drastically change their you know their hopes in the postseason but again I still look at the NFC South, and I think they have the best football team. They've got a game up on Atlanta. They've obviously beaten New Orleans. Uh, they got to go to Carolina this week. They need to win that game desperately because you can't fall below 500 in, in any uh, sense. But I, I think they'll be there if they can stay healthy. But right now, that's a big if, you know. And they're betting that these younger guys are going to get better, and maybe maybe even some of the older guys get healthier. But that's a big, that's a long way to go, man. I I, I think. I'd be surprised if you don't see new players in here uh, added along the way. That would surprise me if that didn't happen. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. We will certainly call you back anytime there is a conversation that needs to be had that needs to know all the information from the streets at Tampa Bay. Ladies and gentlemen, Tampa legend Rick Stroud. Damn. Huh? AJ, damn, damn. Sounds like, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Gloom, doom, doom. Uh, doom. Uh, I mean, there ain't much glitz and glamour. In there, damn there, should, there should to be. After I watched what I watched yesterday, I mean, there shouldn't be any fucking hope at all. Well, listen to Caboli go, yeah, Pittsburgh all win without your one, two, three corners. Yeah. No TJ Watt, no safety. Against Tom Brady, it'd be Tom Brady. Mike Evans, Godwin. Sounds like they bullshit had 250 yards apiece. And that's probably what they were assuming. And then Tom (laughs) goes over. That's why Tom goes over to the offensive line room. He goes, they're without their fucking one, two, and three corner. No goddamn Minka Fitzpatrick. No D-line. I skipped the fucking walkthrough because of who we had playing against us. And you guys can't stop a goddamn nosebleed. (laughs) What are we doing, boys? And everybody in that offensive line room is thinking to themselves, Where the fuck were you yesterday? What's that, Tom? But I didn't. I didn't understand that from Stroud. I didn't want to stop Stroud because he was on quite a run there. But him saying it's just like any other player. No, I don't. I don't know motherfuckers that miss walkthroughs. Do you? Not a Saturday walkthrough before a game. No. No way. Now I do. Guys get days off. Yeah, throughout the week, like well, Wednesday off or something. Practice like off, yeah. not like practice, just don't yeah. show up at the building. But they're right? there. Yeah, wedding they're was, there. Wedding yeah. was Friday night. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. Friday night surprise one. So, what's that? Saturday, what time's the walkthrough normally? Saturday, he can't get a flight to. Oh, what do you think? He's just drinking water all night? You seen him come off that That's boat? That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> old Tom and old I Alex, assume. Alex Guerrero wouldn't let Tom be boozing up on a Friday night before. Five. Alex Guerrero had the hydration drops mm-hmm. in the tequila. That's right. Yeah. He was okay. He also had to get a certain amount of sleep. That, part, that wedding goes so late. 
he must get eight hours of sleep yeah. mm-hmm. that just so happened to cut directly in to when the walkthrough was scheduled. Sorry about it. You're yeah. going to have to move that to the afternoon. Yeah, I've heard him talk time. about the free agent class, too, and being like, hey, Let's all see. these guys have stunk. Like, the when we won the Super Bowl, all the guys we picked up were good, and now all these guys fucking stink and they don't play. Yeah, we tried to get better this offseason. <laughs> Forgot Kyle Rudolph was on the team. I had no idea. Yeah, what's going on, Kyle? I don't know. Yeah, he leaves the Giants, they get good. Yeah. Otten. I love Kyle. Yeah. The rookie they have, or maybe it's the second year, Cam Otten or something. 80, uh, 88. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually been really good for him. And Cam Brake got hurt yesterday, so maybe we'll see Rudolph a little all, more. All I was thinking yesterday is Tom, instead of dealing with all this, instead of potentially dealing with all of this the last few weeks in the offseason, stuff like that. He could be calling Packers Jets right now. $375 million. No hurt to his reputation at all. Giselle has a family. family. Yeah. And now he's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on a Sunday looking at a group of offensive linemen that he didn't even know before the season started. Saying, what the fuck, boys? (laughs) Maybe that's why he went to Bob Kraft's wedding. He needed some of that old. He just needed, like, yeah, some some of the old love, but also, like, hey. You know, sometimes you can get remarried and still be happy whoa, and find whoa, love whoa. after your first You guys marriage. got Bailey Zappi. Now you're already trying to fucking run him out? You already ran <laughs> no. Mac out. Did anybody attack him for the no bull shoes that he's still wearing and whoa. the Mac Jones jersey and how Mac is the future? And then now, as of yesterday, he's literally like, if Bill likes Bailey, I'm, <laughs> I've always been on Team Bill. What does that mean about uh, Mac Jones? Uh, who cares about McCorkle? We are here for the Patriots and the Patriots alone. That, did anybody push back on him in the first hour no. at all about that? Well, he said that not only do uh, they have one Hall of Fame quarterback in Bailey Zappi, yeah. they have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. <laughs> they also have Mac Jones. So he, I, I don't know, you know which side he's standing on right now. Oh, that's because he doesn't know what Bill's going to do. And as soon as Bill gives his Smart. marching orders, that's right. Connor's going to be like, thought so. Fuck yeah. McCorkle. <laughs> Hated that name. But as long as they're winning, who cares, huh? Exactly. That's a, I mean, you just the words right out of my mouth. There's only one thing New England Patriots fans love more than Mac Jones, and that's winning football games. All right. And if Zip on the Ball is going to do that, then we love Zip on the Ball. Is that what you call him? Or is yeah, like, that's his name. What'd you call him? Footsteps, Joe Flacco? <laughs> Footsteps, yep. Flacco, Zip on the Ball, Zappy. Zip, zip on the Ball, Zappy, three and three. Tom Brady, three and three. Why? Coincidence? I you think, tell me. I think, I think not. not. I think not. Is Drew Bledsoe McCorkle in this situation? Drew Bledsoe's a first-round pick. Mac Jones is a first-round pick. Drew Bledsoe Zip was paid the- like twenty million bucks, though. Yeah, Matt Jones not, so it's a better situation. You're saying, yeah, basically, zip on the ball. Zappy was not a first round pick. Tom Brady was not a first round pick. So if I'm connecting the dots here, yeah, we have the new goat and Bill Zip on the ball. And, Zappy and might win his eight Super Bowl. You're in a better right, situation. Because <laughs> zip on the Zappy, like we said, let all-time leader for college football touchdowns in a season, so he's better than Tom. Yeah, word on the street is... Uh, Tom didn't even play really in Michigan. Exactly. exactly. And word on the street is the culture thinking about trading Jonathan Taylor for Mac Jones. So what? Zip on the ball, Zappy might have a new running back to give it to Relax. Him. Okay. That's just the word on the street. Colts, no Jonathan Taylor, no Naeem Hines. Yeah. Win. AJ, hell of a sport football is. What an incredible football weekend. Saturday, Tennessee upsets Alabama in Knoxville. $125,000 or $150,000 for a new goalpost in which the Tennessee Volunteers football team tweeted for other people to give to them. Don't give any money to that. If they would have asked me, I would have donated it. If they would have asked Peyton, he would have donated it. The school should be paying for it because what a magical moment that is. It was a great... 
to be a Tennessee ball. Wasn't it on Saturday and then Sunday backed it up. We had Chiefs and Bills. We had low-scoring dogfights in the first half of the 1 o'clock games. Last night, the Eagles and Sirianni proved to be absolute dogs. And tonight, we got a massive one. It's a great day to be an NFL and a football fan as a whole, A.J. Hawk. I mean, absolutely. And I know we have a, a guest. I don't know if he's on now or not, but this dude is an absolute legend. I, this is why I'm doing this, because I love how pissed you get. Yeah, wouldn't have asked you a question if we would have already had him. Obviously, I had to restart an entire computer back there, but I, you couldn't have been told that because we don't have the capability to tell you that. We just hope three years into this thing, you would have got a good read on that. The Toxic Table is here at nope. Boston Connor. At Ty Schmidt is here. One half of the Hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. And joining us live from a Sprinter van on his trip back to Buffalo from Kansas City, a man who's a stallion. A man who, if he gets 12 interceptions this season breaks the all-time NFL safety record for picks. We'll get $1 million to his foundation, Jordan Poyer. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, guys? Sorry my service is a little spotty, but we're here, man. We're here. Got six more hours left. <laughs> okay, where are you right now? Are you in Ohio? No, we're just south of Fort Wayne. I think we got like uh, 30 minutes left to get to, to Fort Wayne. Uh, I guess so. About six more hours left, bro. All right. It's been a long trip. All right. We're probably going to lose you. We appreciate you joining us. Let's dive right into it. When did you know you weren't going to be able to fly? Because football is safer than flying for your lungs. What the hell happened here? How did this, how did we get here, Jordan? Right. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously, I think it's just the air pressure. I, uh, I have a resolving pneumothorax. Basically, I got air pockets in my, in my lungs. Um, it's, it's healing. I was just listening to the doctors. They told me probably about Monday that uh, I probably wasn't going to be able to fly. I was a little shocked about it. So uh, we just started planning on, on the drive. Uh, I knew probably about Tuesday or Wednesday I was going to have to make the trip to drive. And uh, I got my driver here, Joseph. He's a boss, man. He's, yeah, yeah, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Go. Hey, thanks for getting going crazy. He's, he's famous now online. Everybody's talking about the drive. So got the family in the back sleeping, man. It's just been a, we just turned it into a family trip, you know? That's awesome. Go ahead, AJ. Well, how did – how did you feel physically actually in the game? Like not only did you have to ride 15 hours because of this condition, but then you went and played an unbelievable football game. How did you feel? Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. It was tough, man. Uh, you know, just, just you know, you get in such a routine on away games as far as, you know, you, you hold, you know, you get off the plane, you do this, you do that. Um, and so really we had to, we drove, we left, yes, or we left Friday after practice. We drove to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, and we stayed a night there. Um, it was seven hours, and then we woke up Saturday morning and then drove to Kansas City. It was another seven hours. It was just a different kind of routine, man. Um, and, you know, it was really more mentally I had to prepare myself to play in that game than anything. But it was, it, you know, I had my boys around me. My boys supported me. Everybody was, you know, we was rocking. So it was easy to it was easy to get ready for the game, man. And, uh, we, you know, it's a lot better we driving back with a W. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a victory ride as opposed to a long-ass pissed off. We just lost again to this oh, damn man. team right. ride. Where, hey, we don't have to worry about that. Right. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, you could have stayed yes, at my sir. house. Yes, instead sir. Of, yes, sir. You could have stayed at my house instead of a hotel on Friday if you would have let us know. We're happy it was all successful. Now, you said Nemo, and I saw it. Tw- what is it called? And is that like uh, that's going to go away, or is that with you for the rest of your life? What is that? Yeah. No, nah, it's going to go away. Uh, it, it's called pneumothorax. Uh, it's a, basically, it's a lung contusion. So my ribs, I, it was on the pick I had against Baltimore. Um, I got a cracked rib and then a lung contusion with it. And, and basically, just air pocket builds up in the lung, and it's not safe to fly because of the air pressure. So, um, 
you know, once they told me I was I was green light to be able to play, I didn't ask any questions. I was all for it, man. And, you know, like I said, I just couldn't wait to get out here and play this game and, and be a part of that victory. Well, it was a hell of a win. It feels like we might lose you here in the next couple of moments. If those Indiana roads or anything I like that. apologize, our, boys. No, oh. do not apologize to us. We are thankful that you joined us. What was the vibes like after that game? Obviously vastly different than the last time you two uh, squared off. What was the locker room like? I know it's just another game. It was week six. But also, let's go. Your quarterback's a dog. The defense held the, the most powerful offense in the NFL to next to nothing. I mean, look. How was the vibes after the game, Jordan? I mean, obviously, you know, every, anytime you get a victory on the road, that's huge. Uh, against the top team in the NFL, that's, that's huge, too. And it just continues to build, build our momentum, especially going on into the bye week. You know, that's a good football team. And, you know, probably game could have gone either way. And at the end of the day, we just made one more play than they did. Uh, Terrence Johnson with a huge kick at the end. Obviously, you know, Josh, not, Josh throwing a beautiful ball to Knox in the back of the end zone. So, it was an awesome team victory, man. Everybody was juiced and hyped. I was. I wish I was able to be on the flight with them boys. But, um, you know, like I said, going into a bye week with a win like that, it was huge for our team. And, uh, you know, we went from taking that momentum going forward. Last question before we let you go. Enjoy the rest of this ride, another six and a half hours or so. Um, bye week, week seven. This is so early, isn't it? I mean, this is very early. Is that what are your yeah. What are your thoughts on it right now? I, I think I'm kind of, we're kind of used to it right now. I think in the uh, six years I've been in Buffalo, we've had one bye week where it was past week seven, which was week 11. I think all the other bye weeks have been week six and week seven right in this time. So we, I think we're used to it. We, we're, you know, we're going to get fresh, get healthy, coming into this bye, and then hit our 11-game streak and going, and, and going into the playoffs. So we're just going to continue, like I said, take one game at a time, man. Um, it was a huge win for us, like I said, going into a bye week. But uh, we got to get healthy, man, and we got Packers coming at home. That would be a big game. That would be a big game. I think it's a night game, too, though. That would be a big game for, for Bill's popular. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, getting the Bills after a bye. Real uh, excited for that. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and safe travels, man. We're proud of you. Stud. Thank hey. you, guys. I appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate it, for real. Hey, try to get an interception during the bye week, bub. You get yeah. to 12, we'll donate a million. Hey, I know. I know. I, I know. I got you. I got you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Poyer. <laughs> yeah, Jordan! I did not know it was the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Sunday night football. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't talk about the Packers whenever I was on in the last hour because I missed the first hour. I don't know what all you said, Ty. I do know that you look a little disheveled this morning mm-hmm. after what happened yesterday. Could have been the Jacks from Saturday night when Wide, we watched Wide. FSU Clemson in that game. Third quarter. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the worst football ever be put on television? <laughs> yeah. And then fourth quarter came back alive. And the fact that we do that show, it is very stupid. We're thankful for anybody that watched. If anybody watched, that's tough stuff, though. I, I, um, we got to make that better next time. Uh I don't know if we can, but let's move on. (laughs) Uh, the Packers, AJ, what was your thought on it? It just looks bad. It looks bad. He's getting killed. He's missing balls that he doesn't normally miss. The defense, who we were told is going to be a team now, might be the Giants just being, or the Jets just being fucking unbelievable. But like this Packers team just doesn't look anything like what they looked like last year. They lose Devontae and all hell breaks loose. What is it, AJ? Yeah, offensively, I don't know. I know Aaron said in his post game presser, and I mentioned it earlier, like you've, if you feel like we have the right players on this team, then we need to simplify things, which, okay. He I mean, what does that mean? What does coach. that mean? I guess what they have – I mean, when you say simplify things, you, I think of it when they talk about defensively, a lot of defenses that they have so much in their game plan, like guys just can't keep up with all the checks and things. And I'm wondering if their offense, they're just giving them too much. Maybe it's too big and you just have to condense it. So each – especially guys that are struggling only have like a certain package of plays they need to know. So 
tomorrow's convo. Mm. Yeah. What do we think? Yeah. What do we? Because he was trending. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was trending, and I didn't get to watch the entire game. I'll watch it tonight, going in, or tomorrow morning, going into Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. You know, because I like to know what could potentially pop up in convo whenever he goes. Well, we're on a second down in a third quarter. It's like, all right, I, I got to watch the entire fucking games here just so I have a little bit of it coming into tomorrow. You know, he was trending yesterday. A lot of tweets about him. I clicked them. Our show is mentioned by a lot of people, and they're saying, we want to see Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee show. He better not be smiling on a Pat McAfee show. And we've had this in the past where the Packers have suffered a bad loss, and Aaron comes on, and he's like, oh, we got another game coming up. Like, we got to move on. We got to do that. That's how players view it. But fans don't want to hear that shit at all. Ty, you don't give a fuck about anything right now if the Packers can't turn this around, right? It feels as if, now obviously you're family, but I'm talking about the Packers feel like they can really break some hearts this season out of nowhere and i don't think anybody was expecting that yeah absolutely and the worst part is like they, they weren't competitive at all like it didn't feel at any point during that game like oh they actually might win like it was very apparent from early on. and then i mentioned in the first hour like you hear all this stuff like uh, you know hey we need to simplify things it's like we've talked about it at this point in the season six weeks in like you kind of are who you are and it's it's tough to imagine that all of a sudden, you know, like, guess what? They're not going to go get OBJ tomorrow. Like, they're not going to have a completely new offense or a new defense, like, within the coming weeks. And they still have a very difficult stretch of games. Like, when, when we were looking at the schedule before the season, like, you circle the Jets and the Giants. It's like, those are two games we have to have. have to, you have to win those games. And they don't. And then now you're looking at, yeah, you know, like I, I, I said earlier, like, they play the Commanders this week. Before the season, you're thinking, oh, they're going to beat the shit out of the Commanders. Like, no, no worries whatsoever. We're going to Washington. I don't know if that's the case. Like, Whoa, the manifesting. Look, who's the guy manifesting? Well, uh, uh, I want Bigfoot hunting once. We didn't see Bigfoot because the guy told us, the guy told us, the guy that lives up in the woods mm -hmm. uh, for his entire life and has no friends, somebody in our group didn't believe enough. Remember, mm -hmm. Aaron said, if we don't manifest this type of shit, we're going to have it happen to us. We need to start thinking positively. Sounds like on this overreaction Monday, you're saying, we lose to the commanders. Oh, fucking mail it in. It sounds like what you're saying. Probably. I don't know about that because there's a lot of season left, but it's like, what is there to be positive about? Like, I fucking watched the game yesterday. You know, it's like, what is what is there to be positive you about? You blocked a punt. You blocked a punt. Who gives a shit? Had they one. got beat by 17. Had, had one blocked for a touch. Yeah. 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 It just, had a field goal block, too. Oh, yeah. Crosby got That yeah. was uh, Quinnen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was Quinnen who had a massive game. Yeah, massive game yeah. Quinn had. I like oh. seeing that because you know, as soon as you see somebody sneeze, bless themselves, and then say thank you <laughs> to themselves, right? You hope that that particular person goes on to have a so lot of success. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome. I bless you, thank you. <laughs> casual, yeah, very casual. Would like that guy to, to succeed. Be, to, yes. uh, would like that guy to go all the way to the top of whatever the profession is, and maybe this is going to be the year where we see that and experience that. He had a hell of a day mm -hmm. yesterday to put himself not only on the map, because we all know of him, obviously we just mentioned that, but you do that shit to the Packers, it's a big goddamn deal, especially when the Packers are supposed to go on and win the whole thing this year. Yeah, I mean, they've went 13-3 and three in all of the floor season so far. We're fucking sitting at 3-3 three and three with a very tough schedule coming up, and also I'd be interested to hear your take on this. Earlier in the week, LaFleur they asked him about, you know, because his brother is the offensive coordinator and he was the best man in Salah's win. And he said he doesn't like coaching against his friends because then it's just awkward, like, after the fact. And for me, early in the week looking at that, I was like, oh, shit, that is not what I want to hear from my head coach. You know, it's like if you're good. What's awkward about it? Well, isn't it a, hey, I, I want to beat, beat your ass. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like, don't you, you're, 
you're coaching against your brother, don't you want to beat his yeah. ass so you can talk shit and have bragging rights over? And then yeah, you know, but he loves his brother more. Yeah, more. sure. But you also come from the Sean McVay tree, where it's like, guess what? You got a lot of buddies who are coaching around the league. So if like that's the case, like are are we not? It's just I don't know. Things just want players. You have a lot of players playing against some of their best friends. Like yeah. you play against co- like played against college roommates. You play against mm-hmm. guys you played with. Played like yeah. That's just how it is. It's fun. It's fun to blast your head into your buddies. Well, you believe that. You and Coon did that every single sure. day in practice for so long because you're t- both too big of meatheads with too big of heads to just no, say, we're hey. trying to get better. We're trying to get better every day. Of course. I mean, oh. I'm certain there was a practice, too, where you both got worse, for sure, because yeah, you were hitting your head sure. into it. But I'm never, sure, you know, sure. neither here. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Probably more than one or two. For those that don't yeah. know, he and John Coon literally, uh, he was, Coon was a fullback for the Packers. AJ was middle linebacker. They were on the same team for like eight, nine years. And there was not a single practice rep where they took off because they were each trying to alpha each other yeah. every single time. And if you know a Coon, because yeah. he used to run so hard with a mm-hmm. massive melon. Uh-huh. And this guy, obviously, one of his teeth got blown into smithereens on a tackle one time. That's how hard he was hitting. So those dudes were literally running their faces into each other every single day. It's because you guys love each other and are friends. Neither of you wanted to tell the other person, like, hey, today, can you take – just one time somebody didn't want to be heard saying, hey, today I'd rather not do it. Because for the rest of eternity, the other guy is like – Hey, you remember when your little baby back bitch said that you didn't want it on a Thursday practice or whatever? Yeah. That's the same thing when you're competing against a friend. Or, hey, you remember when uh, we went into Lambo and you guys did nothing with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback? The, the other LaFleur and Salah who said, I'm, I'm keeping receipts, mm-hmm. they are going to say that to fucking Matt LaFleur. Yeah, and I forever. think he needs to. I, I don't know if is he the only one in that situation who's like, it's a little uncomfortable when you beat your friends. I think all his friends are like, we can't wait to fucking bury Matt Lafleur yeah. with his little Aaron Rodgers. No adversity really since becoming a head coach. What's his big adversity? Well, him and Aaron might not get along. Other than that, he's had Aaron Rodgers as his fucking head coach or as his quarterback, calling plays, mm-hmm. helping him go through plays, make plays happen. What? They had the number one wide receiver in the goddamn league yeah. at Devontae Adams for a long time. They had number one quarterback, number one wide receiver of course LaFleur's having a good time you don't LaFleur doesn't think other coaches are looking at him as a guy who's just been handed a fucking gift a man who woke up on third base as a head coach and thought he (laughs) hit a triple he doesn't think other people are thinking that including his friends he's out of his goddamn mind so maybe that is a little bit of a worry AJ maybe it is a little bit of worry he has to know that he walked into a great situation with Aaron Rodgers there obviously Devontae is who Devontae is as well so he knows that but he also knows that he has a big impact on everything too but yeah, I don't know. This is a weird time for him, isn't it? He hasn't faced a whole lot of adversity in his time there. God, the biggest Not adversity either. is what? Like losing the playoffs. Are they getting loud? Yeah, are they, are they, is are it loud enough true. in Lambeau? Yeah. Are they getting loud? Well, you lose in the playoffs, though. You have one press conference, and then you're done for all of offseason yeah. until combine and build for the next one. When you lose a lot in the season, you've got to answer those questions yeah. every single day. You've got to adjust for the next week. You've got to do that. Losing in the season, I know it doesn't matter nearly as much as losing in the postseason, but losing in the season, you have to answer a lot more fucking questions about losing than whenever you lose in the championship or in the playoffs, which is what they've done. So I would like LaFleur to know, hey, your eyebrows are fantastic. Your brain is a good one. It seems if you're going to be a great football coach, but when you're playing your friends, you want to win more because those motherfuckers are going to bring them up all the time to you and if not you're a very good human and we appreciate and respect the hell out of you but that might not be the killer instinct you need to win a fucking super bowl yeah and without with the exception of you know the play calling against tampa the year that tampa won the super bowl like 
typically he's not the regardless of how he calls the game like Rodgers is going to be the one who's catching all the heat if they get beat in the playoffs like with the way he is like sure. you know everyone in the media is going to talk about oh Rodgers came up short again like they're not really saying Matt LaFleur was the one who kind of bungled this but as a Packers fan the biggest concern we mentioned it I mean like so yeah they play Washington this week that showcase, you know, Sunday night game against the Bills coming off a of bye week, like if they don't at least look a little bit competitive, like if they go out there and get beat fucking 45 to 3, like I think that is really going to be like a, whoa boy. Once again, we don't want to undersell it. The Jets might be, yeah, right? Legit. Might be a brand new Jet squad with Zach sure. and Salah mm-hmm. and the vibes ever there being great. And they kept receipts. I'm sure we're going to be on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Gary mm-hmm. B, Gary B, the intuitive iguana, uh-huh. and goddamn Gary B are going to be coming after us at sure. some point, I assume, for what we said about the Jets, who, to be clear, fucking stunk. Okay. You guys yeah. were terrible for a long time. Long, long. You weren't even good enough at being bad. You wouldn't even get the number one overall pick. And if you did, you trade them fuck away. Like the Jets stunk for a long time. I was fortunate to play against some good Jets teams back in the day, but it has not been like that. So I appreciate keeping receipts of people that said that they stunk. And I, we're probably going to be on it because we have eyeballs and we watch football and they have stunk, but they have a whole new vibe over there. Yeah. Hey, they have a whole new energy. Bob Sala's back to having energy yes, on the sideline. I mean, the defense. They're blocking kicks. They're scoring tuds. They're dancing. There's receipts. There's what you say? Cheese sauce? What? Yeah. uh, What's his name? Sauce Gardner. Grabbing the cheese head. No, the comedian that does um, the host. Bill uh, Cosby. That hosts Red Zone. Scott Scott Hanson. Scott Hanson. Hanson. He was calling him cheese sauce yesterday because he was wearing the cheese head. It was, man, I fucking almost pissed myself. Uh well, that's something that Scott Hansen would never do because he actually eats a certain type of olive that's right. that is holds on to the water. Mm-hmm. I saw his meal. He had crispy really? bacon. What? He had these olives. He had a Diet Pepsi, the official sponsor of the <laughs> NFL. I like Scott Hansen. I don't really watch his channel. I like the way he's been able to carve a great niche yeah. into the entire thing, and he rocks with people, and people spend seven, eight hours with him every Sunday. But Tone does believe that he believes he's a comedian. Maybe he should dial that back, do more football. That's what Tone says. Right. Not me. I'm a fucking big fan you introduce him as a fucking comedian yeah. not a commentator that was nah, you i thought that was a compliment well now you said the same thing about the guy that was with mark sanchez also, in also, england also, last week also you know, what was that comedian who was <laughs> calling the game? that's what Tone does but what did you think about sauce putting on the cheese head and fucking running around i like alan lazard just batting that thing yeah. off and yep. not becoming a massive brawl and him just jogging by sauce got to sauce sauce going to do what sauce does if he finds a cheese head and he wants to put that on and he did what he did against the packers he had a pick six too i believe that got called back yeah, yeah, there early. He, he was i thought sauce gardner was about to have another sauce gardner day if you do recall from a week ago he caused a safety and pick very quick i mean he's really coming into his own and they're i assume darius is going to break down some of sauce Uh i guess he him and patrick sertain are like these young there's a young wide receiver base that's very good because these uh one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens everybody's doing feels like the same thing's going to be happening at db as well there's going to be a run on young dbs i think that are going to be unbelievable who've been playing seven on seven breaking up passes against dudes their entire life making content out of breaking up passes their drills to keep their feet tight and their reaction quick and everything like that are content it's like i think we're about to be into a db era that we haven't seen in a long time and this guy is a fucking guy and he put on cheese head i love everything about it uh woolen or whatever his name is from the seahawks has a pick in four street Game, four straight games. He's been on everything. DB, the guy who runs like a four-one, who's 
These yeah. young DBs are Chase fucking balling. Young wide receivers, young DBs are benefiting from the seven-on-sevens and the one-on-ones that mm-hmm. are going on at a younger age. It's like, this is good news for the future of the football. But I think the NFL tried to change some rules to make it more high scoring. You looked at that one o'clock slate. It was like 3-3, 10-3, 6-0. Three, three, yeah. There was a two in there, I think, at mm-hmm. one point. Well, it was like, that's because the defense is starting to become just the most athletic freaks out there. In the RPO game, D linemen now are able to read them both. Linebackers have a feeling and intuition because they've been doing RPO since high school on whether they should go or not. It feels like this new offense that was supposed to captivate and take over is kind of being checked by defense. And the defense is these young freak athletes, AJ, that have been in this game for some time now. Well, I mean, the thing like Sauce and all of these guys that are they're young studs playing DB, they're supremely confident in themselves. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things. Think if you're a corner and you're on an island every single play, and you're like, all right, I can lock this dude up for 55 plays. But at the end of the game, if we're up three and I give up a touchdown, I'm, I'm the turd. I'm the scrub. And I had 55 unbelievable plays where I locked this dude down. So, like, to have that confidence, I don't, yeah, wearing the cheese head, whatever. Yeah, you beat a team. I say it all the time. You beat a team, you can do whatever you want in their stadium. Like, whatever you want. It's just, it's something that I feel like Lazard, you're right, though. Knocked it off and then just kept running, which was good. Sorry. Don't make it a thing. You already got beat in the game. We understand you don't need to make it a full team brawl right but, there. But you answered for your team. Mm-hmm. You yep. did your thing. And I think Sauce ran it back to the owner after that. It was like a kind of a cool. Full, like, oh, this was handled perfectly. You were about to say something, I think, about the young DBs? Well, I mean, I was just going to kind of mention, you know, not every one o'clock team had zip it on the ball. Zappy playing, that's why they didn't score as much. But to your point about the young DBs, yes. know how these wide receivers are getting moved so much, like especially this offseason, because they couldn't get paid? Do you think that's possibly what's going to happen with the DBs now, is that these guys, and I'm not saying, you know, the Jets won't pay sauce, but some of these younger guys who are studs, they might become kind of the guys who go from team to team because you know you can draft a bunch of dudes coming in. Joining us now is a man who might know the answer to that and what the future of football looks like and also what happened yesterday to keep us updated on all the injuries and storylines. The senior NFL insider for the NFL itself, the network it owns, and the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being friends, he being Rap Sheet, ladies and gentlemen, father of Max Rappaport, Ian Rappaport. What's up, buddy? We don't have Max to spill any beans today, which I appreciate. He's in school finally oh, <laughs> so this segment's gonna suck all right damn we'll go back to the regular scheduled uh, awesomeness that i usually bring nah, i kind of thought we were gonna package deal with max yeah. going forward yeah. hmm. he was real excited about his new fame though real excited get recognized at school as the guy on mcafee it was pretty cool that's what I'm talking about, Max. Hey, Max, next time, next time you can get on a hit, please do. We yeah. need to learn more information. Uh, Rap, let's him. dive right into what we were talking about there, and then we'll ask about what happened yesterday. There's a, you know, this theory happening now that these younger wide receivers are much better, much quicker. Now, they, we didn't know if it was yeah. just draft class, draft class, if it just was an anomaly, or if this was going to become a new standard. Feels like it's going to become a new standard. I think it's because the seven-on-sevens that are taking place year-round and the amount of competition and skills and practice that's taking place. On the flip side, for every action, there's an equal and opposite mm-hmm. reaction. Right. Are the DBs in the corners also? Because we got some young guys that are taking over games. Do you see this happening in the future? And how will this affect the salary cap, Ian Rappaport, uh, as we go forward? Which I think you are well, definitely the person to ask this question to. You know, I would agree. I'm a, essentially an expert in this, yeah. Um, first of all, we've already seen it with the receivers, right? Because receivers got paid this offseason like, we have never seen before. Everyone was getting paid. Everyone was making over $20 million, it seemed. I mean, just new benchmark after new benchmark. It's just 
you know, it was an explosion. And I think these guys, where it used to be like, you know, well, are we really going to pay a lot for a receiver? He better be, you know, Calvin Johnson. Now it's like you got to have one of these guys. And they've been worth it. Like, Tyreek's been worth it. Watch A.J. Brown last night. Mm-hmm. He is great. Like, and th- this is, all, you know, a year ago people were like, I don't pay him money. So we've seen the receivers pay off. And I do think you're seeing some of that come with the corners too. There's not a lot of, like, great, 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 let's say, like, 26-year-old corners, right? But a lot of them, a lot of really good young, young, young corners. So it is coming around a little bit. Meanwhile, it feels like the offensive linemen are not coming around like that because it's all seven on seven and when you're growing up. But you give some, you take some, you know? Go ahead, AJ. Uh, speaking of a place where the offensive line got some attention, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady wasn't super happy with uh, the offensive line. What do you think is going to happen in Tampa? Is Tom healthy? Is anything else going on? Like, can they turn this thing around? It's ugly. Tom is healthy. Um, I mean, he's healthy-ish. He's got a little bit of a shoulder thing, but I think he's mostly – which, like, you actually saw him warm up during the game to keep it loose. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. There was an injured player, and he's literally, like, on the field throwing to keep his shoulder loose as if he was, like, a pitcher. Um, so I think that's kind of noteworthy. I believe they're going to figure it out. They've had some injuries to the offensive line. Brady always figures it out. I mean, I think he's probably under fire more for going to Robert Kraft's wedding than it is for the actual play on the field. But – just like I always think that Shit. the Patriots are going to figure it out, I always think that Tom Brady's going to figure it out. Um, I believe they're going to be fine because they have too much talent. I uh, mean, they have issues going on in offense, like Mike Evans only getting four targets. That's not good, but they are way too talented yeah, to be yeah. mediocre. Um, the, health is an interesting thing, especially in 2022. I don't believe Tom Brady is, you know, the same Tom Brady he was a year ago or two yeah. years ago. Did, yeah. he, did he make the worst? No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to put it out there. Say it. Well, Ask it. The worst unretirement in the history of unretirement of all sports. It sounds like, it seems like from outside looking in, we don't know Tom. I do not know Tom. Outside looking in, hate that his entire personal life is being aired and grieved. It is. That's a reality. Agreed. We have to talk about it because it is seeming to affect what's going on on the field, which is what we talk about. That shit. Everything seems to have gone to shit since him unretiring. And that's like a real conversation that's going to have to take place because he is the greatest of all time. He is Tom Brady. He could be doing everything else. So let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, the Vikings go to Miami. Beat the hell out of them. The Vikings might be a team that are going to win a Super Bowl. Skyler Thompson starts a quarterback. He gets hurt. Teddy Bridgewater comes in. Their original starting quarterback, Tua Tungavaloa, is the reason why there's a new protocol maybe or enhanced protocols on yeah. concussion protocols yep. with with everybody. What do you see happening with Tua? Is there a timeline? And anytime he comes back, the world is going to be upside down. Right, Ian? Uh, I... First of all, two is going to come back this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers on primetime. Okay. okay. So that's Sunday night, right? Yeah. Yep. So we're going to see him Sunday night. Had, the whole thing was the concussion stuff was interesting. The return to play stuff, that how the Miami Dolphins handled it, I thought was just as interesting because Bridgewater was back Thursday and he eventually was cleared, but he didn't start because they wanted Skylar Thompson to get the full week of reps. Uh, Tua was also cleared before the game. And he also didn't play because he didn't have any reps. Whereas I feel like many, many coaches basically just make sure that, you know, hey, look, if my guy's healthy, he's going to play. It wasn't like that with the Dolphins. Now, Teddy played and ended up playing just okay. Um, But it was – it's all been very interesting to see how the Dolphins handled it. 
now, you know, they get Tua back, and I think they're going to be fine, but the emphasis on practice and reps from Mike McDaniel is not something you always see. Yeah, it makes sense if he's that, you know, worried about timing and what plays we're running and how can we best suit the offense for the guy that we know we're going to play. Teddy B gets in there. They don't have success anyways. It's uh, it's an interesting tale of just a couple weeks ago. McDaniel's the greatest coach of all time, baby. Dolphins are all the way back, and then now it's like with Tua, they're going to be able to re- rebound to where they were. AJ, I hope that water was fantastic. Now, Boston Connor with a great question. I can't wait to hear about Zip on the Ball Bailey and Mac Jones, I'd assume. Goddamn right. Rap sheet, you know, this week <laughs> not as important with the Patriots because against the Bears on Monday Night Football, Bob Kraft could probably pay quarterback and they oh, could yeah. win. But next week really? against the Jets, if Bobby Zip on the Ball Zappy and Mac Jones are both healthy, do you see a chance where Bill goes with a hot hand and Zappy, or are they definitely going to go back to Mac when he comes back? Uh, it's the Patriots and it's Bill Belichick, and I would not say definitely. Um, I would say likely, but I would not say definitely. And because unlike maybe anyone else, I don't know, unlike anyone else, um, Bill Belichick starts with a clean slate. He evaluates what is in front of him without caring about anything that came before, and he evaluates what he has. So like the fact that Mac Jones was a first-round pick is interesting and noteworthy, but not a decision-maker. The other thing is, Mac Jones is not going anywhere. He's not fully healthy yet. Would I be surprised if they waited another week and just had Zappy start until Mac gets healthy? No, I, that would make some sense. Make sure Mac is fully healthy. But he's not going anywhere, so if they say, you know what, we're just going to ride the hot hand until they can do that. The other thing is, I do think Bailey Zappy is benefiting from them being able to run the ball pretty well. Um, and I would expect this increased what? run game to help whoever is the quarterback. Um, okay, I see he's like, are you getting breaking news right now? Do you have to do something? It's, I wouldn't say breaking news, um, but I'm going to tweet something, and then I will uh, I will have a little bit of breaking news probably in about five minutes. Okay, oh. so let's talk about some breaking news you had earlier before we get okay. to this tweet that you were sending out right now. Look at Ian on the job, about to ah. rattle the entire Woo. NFL sphere right here in front of us. Thank oh, you. Rap. Thank you, Ian. Uh, you broke news this morning about Robbie Anderson being traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Robbie Anderson quote tweeted your tweet and said, "It's cold. Prayers up. He's fingers crossed uh-huh. together." The cold the is good, right? Yeah, yeah. ice cold. Yeah, yeah. He's ready to Got go. It. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing. Because I was like, Arizona is very warm, sure. and he need someone needs to educate. If anyway, go ahead. Oh, you think Robbie Anderson doesn't know that he's going to the fucking desert? That's Come very. On. I mean, that's very it's nice. Winter. Yeah, it's October. Okay. All right. Anyways, um, no, no. But is that because Hollywood Brown? And what do you see happening with the Carolina Panthers going forward? Because are they about to just clean slate like you talked about Bill Belichick doing? I don't think the Panthers are going to go clean slate, but I do think everyone in the world is calling them. Um, and what's going to happen is either they're going to get the deals they want or they won't. And I think Christian McCaffrey is probably the most interesting one. You know they're going to want a first-round pick for a premium player. You know other teams are not going to want to give that. But right now, me saying this doesn't really matter. What matters is, when it comes down to it, when the trade deadline is close, what are the actual best offers? So I think there's a chance McCaffrey's traded. I think the Panthers would like to be forced into it. Like, we could not turn down this deal. We had to do it. And remember, they're going to have a new coach, and they're going to present the new coach with either – here's this franchise running back who's awesome, or here's a first-round pick to help us get a quarterback. Both those things are good. I think they would like one or the other. Um, 
the other thing is the Robbie Anderson thing. Obviously, we were talking about. Um, That's right. I think that needed to happen. I think the Man. the scene on the sideline yesterday was not great. Um, I think I I would say this. I thought they were going to have to cut him, but the fact that Hollywood Brown suffered not a break. I think it's more like a sprain, but it does seem to be more in the serious side. Um, he's getting an MRI actually now, um, or he might have just had it. He's waiting for the results, but. How serious that is, we will see. But clearly they had a hole here, and clearly there is a possibility that Hollywood Brown goes on injured reserve. So Robbie Anderson comes in and takes his spot. Robbie Anderson's over there. D-Hop is back. Mm-hmm. Is Hollywood worried about a season or no? This is just a couple weeks. A season is possible. Um, Damn. I don't know that for sure, but a season is possible, yes. What is your- Because, you know, think about it. we're It's already mid-October, and so if it's a two-month injury, it's like – that's yeah. almost, you know, so we'll see. I don't know enough now to know whether it's definitively for a season. You know, what's crazy is tomorrow when we wake up, we will be one-third through the Ooh. regular season of the NFL. No. Yeah. yeah, third. That's pretty deep into the Count season. That God, down, that's one period of hockey. Ty, your question for Ian Rappaport. That's right. <laughs> Rap sheet, is there anything to be concerned with uh, with Aaron Rodgers' thumb? He said it affected him only on a few throws, but it looked like he was a little banged up. And then also, yeah. um, is there a chance that Carson Wentz doesn't play on Sunday against the Packers? Are they going to Taylor Heineke? Um, first on Rodgers, some of those deep throws – did not look like the usual Aaron Rodgers deep throws, right? I mean, I'm I'm watching the same thing you guys are. I know it's a real thing. I know he had it taped up. I know it was limited during the week. Um, I, I'm sure it's going to get better, but to me, not being able to hit any of those deep throws was, like, debilitating for the Packers. And, you know, to be able to sort of, like, precision pass for precision pass down the field um, is tough. You need some of those big plays. And I think without it, it was a lot tougher – um, it was a lot tougher for the offense. Uh, hold on, I actually might be getting some of our breaking news right now. Here we go. Oh, you said oh. five minutes. That was four minutes ago. Yeah. So that's was that four minutes. Easter, Easterby interviewing for head coaching gigs. Uh, it feels like he's uh, something. I'm not down. sure. I'm not sure Jack Easterby um, is going to end up in the NFL. Didn't say no. Never would have guessed. That been, what? I think it's been oh. a good run. Really? Um, he made it? a lot of money. Made, well. Um, Depends what good is. Um, well, it's been a run. Yeah. Getting time by Joel Olstein, maybe. Yeah, that'd be sweet. It's been, well, I mean, that's, that's the anyway, – I'm not going to say anything. Um, one of the more intriguing and bizarre and interesting characters in the NFL in recent memory who ascended to unbelievable levels of power and influence without very much behind it. And abused and um, ruined it all. <laughs> I think did some good things had he stuck to just what he was doing, but did not. Talking, um, talking to God. And I would imagine there's not a lot of sad people in Houston. But the other thing is, Easterby, Easterby had not had a lot of football influence over the course of the last three or four months. Uh, so once Lovey basically came in, he was okay. kind of like to the side, and I think he knew it, which is one reason this was probably more mutual than a firing. What's your All right, I'm going to tweet some news. Yeah. How many characters? A lot of characters? Does it need a lot of explaining? Because mm-hmm. your last one was a special teams guy, Josh being signed. Congrats to him. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. What's this one? Carson Wentz is facing a four- to six-week recovery. Ooh, oh, wow. Man. Okay, so that's that broken, fractured finger, which we yes. actually saw him. Okay, and if we are to talk about this in a realistic standpoint, let's be humans about this. When he was shaking his hand like this, 
with a fractured ah. finger. Do you know how Ooh. bad that had to hurt? He must have just thought it was some joint thing, like he could go ahead and stretch out a how ligament. How about every throw? Every throw looked like he was in pain. Yeah, like, say whatever you want about Carson Wentz. That is amazing. Do you know how hard... Do you know how horrible that would feel with oh. a fractured finger? Just Oof. doing, and this goes to the story of what Carson Wentz is. He's one of the toughest fucking dudes of all time. He has a fractured finger that is now being reported as a four to six week recovery window. Probably going to have to do the splint and whole surgery. Oh. He has bones cracked in the hand in which he throws footballs. And his ass was shaking it like this thinking that it was going to pop back into place. Instead, that bone is just whipping around. Had to hurt so bad. So bad. Carson yeah. just kept marching down the field. Mm -hmm. Almost fucked. He won the game for the <laughs> commanders. He is so incredibly tough. Too tough for his own good, I think. We saw it in Indianapolis. It is now happening at the commanders. And now Taylor Heineke is the quarterback for the next four to six weeks. Who knows how long after that going forward. But that hand whip thing had to I know. hurt I know. so bad with a fractured finger out there, Ian. Yeah, and, and look, it's so there's that part of it. He is insanely tough. It looked awful. Uh, and everyone kind of downplayed it after the game, but you knew something was wrong. The other part is, you know, I'm not sure the offense had been working great. It's going to be Taylor Heineke now moving forward. When he has uh, – I got to jump on. When he uh, has played, it's been – Actually, pretty productive. So we will see. I'm going to go do some TV. Hold on. There you go. I'm going to go do some TV. Thank you for understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. That ball was fucking decapitated yeah. by Harrison Bucker. He murders the ball. Also, big right down there for the Vikings against Miami. He had like a 73 or 74 yard ball out of the back of the end zone that traveled 80 yards in the air. He's a monster. Tommy Townsend hit a 58 yard fucking fair catch, AJ. A 58 yard fair catch. Pretty good, huh? Yes. People are going to say, what? what, what? I see a guy hit a 73-yard ball. I see a guy hit a 60-yard punt. I hear, like, a 59-yard punt. That's impressive. It's like, no, a 58-yard fair catch should be chatted about because for a fair catch to happen, the returner has to think that he is worried that he's going to get blown up by the coverage team. He thinks the coverage team is so close that it would be a risk for him to take any yards. Mm -hmm. The right move is just secure it, boom, and get our offense on the field. So for a ball to travel 58 yards from the line of scrimmage, let alone him lining up 14 yards behind that, so for this ball to travel 72 yards from where he stopped at, the, the height that that ball has to reach to get his gunners down 58 yards down the field while they're being blocked and potentially double teamed, it is a fucking murdered ball. This thing's hang time caused a drug test immediately after the game for good fucking reason too, by the way. This guy right here, okay? This dude right here, Tommy uh -huh. Townsend, he hit a bad punt in the Super Bowl his rookie year. Yep. Okay? Didn't know what was going to happen to him. Thought he was potentially going to die because you hit a shank in the Super Bowl. It's backed up. It's like a 20-yard thing. Every, hundreds of million, hundred million people watch you yeah. hit a bad shot. And with everything being mental, you have no idea what a guy's going to do. This dude, since that moment going forward, hits the biggest fucking balls I've ever seen in my entire life. I saw the Colts play the Chiefs. I was there for warm-ups. And I was watching him punt warm-ups, and I said, 
oh, the Chiefs have the best fucking punter I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. He was hitting balls that were almost hitting those fucking banners. Wow. That are hanging up there at Lucas Oil Stadium. So many of them. Yeah, you're damn right. Yeah, one Super Bowl one. They're all good ones. So this angle isn't fantastic. We'll hope for another That's one. A low snap, too, though. Yeah, low snap. He also only takes a couple of steps. Let's go back to the beginning of this thing. Uh, and the whole thing just froze, of course. So this punt, we'll try to get it from directly on the side. It's the only angle they sent us. Yep, got it. So, like, and I think it's probably the only angle they put on it because normally the punt play leads right to commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody hits a 58-yard fucking fair catch. If you just look, okay, at the goddamn line. This is the line of scrimmage right here, all right? So 60 yards is the line of scrimmage is at the 20 to the other 20. So you move it up seven, so the line's like the 27. So he, they have to get from the fucking 13 to the 27. They have humans attempting to block them out here. So it's not just a direct sprint. There is misdirection. There's already a couple loops happening. If you see, he probably started out here, so he comes in this way because he knows it's going to be. Other. So he's not running directly 58 yards either. You start doing some math on what people run at 40s and you know, clock time, to get 58 yards, you think at least five seconds, six seconds, but then they're rerouted. That's like seven seconds, eight seconds, with a snap to kick being 1.67 or what, two two seconds total. He had to hit this ball so fucking high. And they're waiting. This dude's waiting on him. This dude is waiting on his fucking ass. It is incredible at what he was able to accomplish and i just hope tommy tonson continues to get the respect that he deserves because he fucking murders balls and he takes small little steps and he sits back and he punts that fucker straight up in the air and it takes massive courage to do that because if you hit one bad when you're aiming up like this that thing's going real short Mm. so normally people trade a little bit lower trajectory a little safer if you miss it's probably going to go like 35 40 yards as opposed to like 10, 11 yards mm-hmm. when you're trying to punt that fucker straight up. So I got massive respect for that dude. He has great hair, a big leg, and I think massive balls uh, whenever he's punting. And I appreciate the hell out of that American man <laughs> punting balls for the Kansas City Chiefs, oh, yeah. A.J. Hawk. He flipped the field, man. That's what, that's what punters can do to, to affect a game. And Like you said, it usually goes right into commercial, and people don't uh-huh. really pay attention. They gloss over it. But if you go back and look at games afterwards, like, when guys consistently, I mean, no one's consistently hitting 58-yard fair catches, but when they consistently can kind of flip the field for you, it's huge. I don't know how many people are hitting 58-yard fair catches right now. I, I don't like if I think I have maybe one, maybe two. That I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. I was a fair catch guy too. Gave up little to no yards. That was my entire mission, the entire game. Like. We're trying to give up no yards here. We want fair catches. We want to be able to flip the field a little bit, but we don't want to give anything up. We would like full-court defense, half-court offense. Let's figure out how we can do that and get a couple good gunners. But what Tommy Townsend is doing, it's a home run derby when that motherfucker steps into the batter's box. It, it is. And it's everyone. You hear every, every commentator. If it's CBS, Fox, NBC, everyone goes, that's a big ball because <laughs> yeah. those fucking commentators can see when the ball uh-huh. goes up. I think for that guy, there's only t- he's hitting cloud scrapers too. I mean, that shit. I think they're doing like. Did Romo a, love this one? Did oh, Romo get juiced? No, he gave good strategy too. He talked about why the height is more important than necessarily the distance in the NFL because the rules in the NFL. I don't think he dove into it uh, completely, but the rules in the NFL only two guys are allowed to leave the line of scrimmage before the ball is punted, so hang time is very, 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 very important. And that dude's hitting some of the biggest. 
ball as I have ever seen in my entire life. So, fucking good on them. Let's keep that thing going. For a team like the Chiefs, too, to have a weapon at yes. punter where it's like, you know, you're, you're never going to punt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not expecting that guy to punt a whole lot. But when he does and he's hitting fucking nukes like that, it's like, yeah, that's, that's massive. So every punt he hits matters. So he won't get as many ops as some people that have bad offenses. And I'm not saying because I've been in these shoes before, because I was with Peyton Manning for a couple of years, and then Andrew Luck, you know, and all anybody says, I don't want to see a point all. It could happen too. Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure he is, uh-huh. says it all the time. And all that means to other punters is like, so every ball this dude hits matters. So if you're punting the ball seven times a game, you can go like four of seven, and your average still be good and everything like that. You're punting the ball two fucking times a game, I mean, every you hit one bad one, that's going to carry down your entire fucking season. So, like, the fact that he is doing a high risk, like, I don't even want to put it in the universe. I don't even want to put it in the universe because I'm sure Tommy's probably going to see this. Somebody's going to send it to him. But he knows, like, when you're doing that, you're sitting back. Like, there is – I mean, the sweet spot gets even smaller. Is that the only way he knows how to punt, though? Is that, all, is that the only way he does punt? I fucking hope so because if that's the case, it's like <laughs> – He's going to be good forever. Unreal. He murdered, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. People should be talking about it, though. Yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> guy fucking murders ball. And the young guy for the Vikings, Ryan Wright, he demolishes fucking ball. There's, a, there's some young dudes in the NFL right now that are just blasting footballs. And I, uh, you know, it kind of makes me excited. Yeah. With that being said, we would all like offense to dominate the games. We don't want to see a lot of punts. But if we're going to see a punt, we might as well get that hanged. Hey, when Tommy Townsend is playing, networks, bring that hang time clock back. And let somebody that actually knows kicking that you have around run the hang time clock, you know, so we can get an actual time on it. Because I'd like to see what this fucking dude's doing in games, let alone in practice. I want to see what this guy's doing in games because I don't know if there's anybody – Maybe in the history. That's fuck. He hits fucking – I've never seen a ball go as high as he was hitting balls whenever I was watching the warm-ups. I was just sitting in the suite like – I was thinking about coming back and maybe punting this year. <laughs> what a joke. If that guy is doing that type of shit. It's insane. It's cool. It's awesome. And he's going to get a lot of random piss tests. He needs to just go ahead and get the bladder ready to operate on command. That penis needs to do a lot of showing whenever, you know, there's a little bit of going. But he needs to get that cup filled so his life isn't wasted from all of this. And it's a compliment. It's not a bad thing. Well, and like you said, too, especially responding after your rookie year, you have a, a punt like that that for a lot of guys could just be like, oh, I'm, I'm Ed. Yeah, I'm done. And for him to respond this way and, like, be an actual weapon, it says a lot about him. It's, it's just a cool thing to watch, and he won't get as many opportunities and will never get talked about. You know, Travis Kelsey, like, going on his way to be the greatest tight end of all time. Patrick Mahomes going on his way to be the greatest quarterback of all time. They got weapons, and Andy Reid going on trying to be one of the greatest coaches of all time. It's like, I don't know if anybody's really chit-chatting about the guy that's punting on fourth down, but I will certainly take the time to acknowledge something special. 58-yard fair catches don't happen often. You should uh, – normally 45 – 47, like you'll get the 30-some yarders in the Pooch area fair caught, 40-some yarders, to be almost 60 yards just physics-wise. Yeah. That's got to go real, real fucking high. Unless you got two guys running four ones out there right. that I just don't know exist. That's, uh, that's very impressive. Let's talk about a couple of things we haven't chatted about. The Eagles are still the fucking mm-hmm. Eagles, it appears. Sirianni was dog-walking people at the end of that game oh, yeah. and then walking off the field. How about <laughs> them Eagles? <laughs> yeah. Seize the camera. How about them Eagles? I love this guy. I think they do, too. And goddamn, whenever they scanned that stadium in Philadelphia last night, I saw all the John smacking uh-huh. the chairs and yelling. I'm like, Philadelphia is the city that deserves this team, this moment, 
in this record that they have. Only team left undefeated. Jalen Hurts seems to be the perfect fucking quarterback, not only on the field and his ability to move and throw, but how he handles everything. Seems like him and Jalen Hurts might be the perfect match made in heaven, or him and Sirianni might be the match made in heaven. I love watching this Eagles team play football. And on the flip side, Cooper Rush makes some mistakes, throws three picks, they lose. Now Dak can come back in. He is the hero. They didn't stop a heater. It seems like a win in the long run for the Cowboys, but the fucking Eagles, man, what a team and what a year for all the Johns in Eastern Pennsylvania. Well, Sirianni's awesome. I mean, everything he's doing, you see the videos from the locker room after the game, like these dudes and on the sideline towards the end of the game, he and Fletcher Cox is, as Sirianni's yelling yeah. at the Cowboys and he's pissed at him. Like, I just like, yeah, it's, it seems like, all right, Sirianni's definitely in charge of this team. It goes through him, but everybody is having a ton of fun. They're super confident, and they're making plays. And if they can continue this, yeah, who's going to stop them? And I see uh, Jalen Hurts. I saw the cool pregame feature. He did a little sit-down. They showed him some videos of his dad talking to yeah. him. like High school coach. Cool, yeah, what a cool like relationship. His dad obviously seems like he was very like strict on him and like, hard on him in a good way. And you see Jalen Hurts seems like a guy that – yeah, this guy is like the leader that we need. Yeah, that piece was awesome. And I think, you know, those types of things help us all out and understand our superstars in the NFL. Jalen Hurts' dad being high school football guy for a long time, long yeah. time high school football Legend. coach. So it's like, and he wasn't like a soft high school football no. coach. It was no. like, so Jalen, when he's a child, like little baby, he's in the locker room watching his dad and hey, the commitment and what you need to do. And it's like, you hear in these stories from him at Alabama. And then when he was at Oklahoma, then he starts sliding in draft for whatever reason and Philadelphia Eagles get him. And Carson Wentz can't handle it, right? Yeah. That, that's kind of the conversation is that Carson couldn't handle Jalen in there. Jalen said, I'm just coming in to come to work. That Jalen's like, I'm just coming to work, which I assume he and his dad had chatted about, right? His dad's probably pretty big say in his entire football makeup, which makes sense because he's been around the game a long time. But you think back to Doug, and, you know, you think back to Carson in there, and you think back to the situation with Jalen being dropped in there and what we know about him now. He's an alpha. He's a leader. He's a dog. He's really fucking good. You could see how that might cause you know, some shit in the universe over there. And I bet you Philadelphia is thanking all the Johns anytime they get a chance that they were able to get Jalen and then mixing him with that Paisano uh, offensive-minded head coach who, you know, he's still that Mount Union guy that wants to go over. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he's still that Mount Union wide receiver that wants to go over and fight like – I love this team. He's having fun. Sirianni's having a great time, it seems like, doesn't it? I love it, dude. I fucking love everything about watching them. I'm happy they were on primetime. Now, I did have to watch the second half this morning. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. It's a late night. First half was... Long Saturday. I apologize. It was a long Saturday. Okay, I think this is going to become a trend here. I don't know how many game days there are, but I do know that I'm lucky to be there, pumped to be there, have a blast to be there. Those Saturday morning wake-up calls weren't always there before. Uh You know, we do this Monday through Friday, and then Saturday I'll be able to sleep in a little bit, do my thing. Now it's like, hey, wake up. You got, like, one of the biggest shows in the history of sports to do. Yeah, for three hours. For three hours at 5 a.m. It's like, hey, let's go. So it's been a beautiful – I've had the time of my life. They've allotted me opportunities to do stuff that they should never allot me to do. I'm thankful for it. I enjoy the fuck out of it. Peyton was awesome. I got to direct a goddamn band this weekend with Peyton Manning. I got a chance to jump in their river. I've been told by numerous people since then that that river is disgusting. Mm. So there is a chance I catch something. 
Felt good to me. The waters felt fine. Mm-hmm. Very chilly. It's an honor. But I do get a little bit more tired, I think, on Sunday nights, I'm realizing. So Sunday, I passed out at halftime, had to watch a game this morning. I watched Philadelphia Eagles play at fucking 7 a.m. I watched Philadelphia Eagles play at goddamn noon. I will watch the Philadelphia Eagles play football with this team. That defense, too? Like, listen, we're not even talking about the defense. Barry and the boys back there. Barry and the boys. They are fucking That D-line. How about awesome. that D-line, man? Oh, yeah. Well, and everywhere, all three levels, really. Yeah, but yeah the D-line is, is fun to watch. Too. Yeah, Slay is just making plays. It's like, and you talk to Sirianni, he's like, how lucky am I? The offensive line, the fucking Jason Kelsey, mm-hmm. who's a dog, you know, just absolute perfect mindset for a Sirianni offense, right? I mean, perfect mindset Dilly. for a Sirianni team. He's the perfect for Philadelphia. Guy out of Cleveland is perfect for Philadelphia. Makes sense if you start kind of piecing it together and who he is. Then you got Cox on the other side. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got leaders and dogs on the offensive line and defensive line, which is exactly where the team builds through. In that first press conference, you know, we all thought, this guy's a fucking dipshit. What the yeah. hell? But then I started getting messages from people in the Colts building, and they're like, we don't know how it will be as a head coach. We, don't, we do not know how it will be as a head coach. But we fucking loved him in this building. I'm like, okay, okay. People I respect are saying that they fucking love this guy. I'm happy he hasn't changed. I'm happy the team's going. And I'm happy Jalen Hurts appears to be a fucking dude because that was the only question mark coming into the year. Yeah, I mean, Sirianni, his energy is just infectious. Like, you could tell. I mean, and granted, it's it's a lot easier when you're undefeated. But, like, we talked about with Ken Dorsey, you know, going crazy and how those guys responded and how they love it because it's like, okay, this guy really wants to fucking win. Like, he wants to win as much as we do. And it is very evident that Sirianni loves all the guys that he's coaching and he wants to win more than just about anybody. I mean, motherfucking players and coaches at the end of the game. Like, he's he's a madman, but he he obviously loves what he's doing, and he is he's just so unique that it's hard not to love him. I never played for a team that Sirianni has coached, obviously. But Bruce Arians getting a chance to play for a team in which he acts and the way he operates, he's talking shit to the defense. He's not scared to be like, hey, let's go fucking beat these guys. That type of leadership, especially if you're winning, A.J., Goes real far. That goes a long way with the boys. Goes even farther in Philly, I think, than anywhere else. Like that's a Philly. It, I give credit to Sirianni too. Like if there's ever a place where a coach would be likely to like pander to the home crowd and to everyone in his interviews and press conferences, it would be Philly because you want to keep him on your side somehow. But he's got him on their side a by winning. That's all that matters. But also, I think being authentic and being real and not trying to pander to what. He thinks Philly wants. Yeah, I love him over there, and I think the Philadelphia fans love him until they start losing. Yeah, right, sure. Then Philly will be, you know, yeah. so be Philly again. the silver lining playbook will be, hey, fucking new coach. Well, they're all fired up already this weekend because the Phillies are in the NLCS, so, like, going into Sunday Night Football, that town is already fucking... Bro, think about all the Johns are... Is he throwing the first pitch? He should. They should. should. Hey, I was kind of disappointed by NBC. What's that? What did they do? He should be throwing the opening pitch. He should be. I I thought the pause right there was me watching him do a full fucking burn one. Yeah. 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 Glove on. Yep. He's going out there glove on. Full uniform, maybe? I think so. And he is fucking throwing. I'm getting an opportunity to throw an opening. Yeah. 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 In the playoffs? (laughs) Do it. He's going. Make make that right. Make it happen, Phillies. Hey, Phillies, let's make that happen. Let's get him a glove and a uni. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're not... (laughs) Don't make a caricature out of yourself, obviously, Coach. Well, no. but I mean, you only get this opportunity. How many times you get this opportunity, yeah. Coach? Rip it. Let's take advantage of this yeah. opportunity here. Uh, anyways, back to it. They showed the strip. They said, are you Pats or Genos? Uh-huh. NBC. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I heard every John go, come on. 
These are tourist spots. Nobody fucking likes Pazzergino's. Do they stink? I don't, I don't think I remember if Pazzergino's cheesesteaks actually taste good or not. No idea. It just sounds, because Ty said it so many times, I just know. Yeah, it does stink, and you have to go to Dallas Andros. AJ, you ever stopped by Pazzergino's? You're a big tourist guy, yeah? I've never uh, been to either spot, actually. No. I think mm. I have. I go off what Ty says. Ty is, Ty is my, my cheesecake guy, cheesesteak guy. I do well, like cheesecake, cheesecake oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you order from cheesecake more than us, though. True. So probably think I hate cheesecake. I don't authority. like cheesecake, but I love the restaurant. Yeah, I don't like cheesecake either. Texture, I can't do. It's gross. Gross. Yeah. Oh, so good. I had a little cheat day yesterday. Why? Why? Well, the gross. food. Well, the food at the stadium kind of set it off. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Some nachos. We figured out which ones are. So we've got some nachos in there. Oh. The pie? Oh, the apple pie. How could I not? Ooh, yeah. It's yeah. crunch on top. <laughs> mm-hmm. Am I an American or not? Chocolate-covered Nutter Butters. Are we at, oh. What? Yeah. Dude, I'm oh, telling yeah. you. We have figured it out. Shout out to the Colts yesterday. Shout, Shout out. out. So good. Top to bottom. They had Marvel Day, which we thought would be a big disappointment. It was not. It no. was actually pretty good. Raised trash for cash. A little game in the middle of the game, uh, middle of the first quarter or second quarter, where a fan tries to throw a football through the back of like a trash car mm-hmm. thing, almost. Pretty good size square. You know, about that big, yeah. I'd say. About that like big. Dump truck. Like those four. Yeah. Windows behind you. Yeah, I'd say. Right. Yeah, that's probably the right probably. size, right there. And uh, when I was playing, they were doing this thing. They were clearly picking people that had never thrown a football in their life. So people go out there, and they look at that thing, and they would. <laughs> and it was just boom, Clang. boom, missing off the side. People would miss the entire thing from like five feet the first shot. Five feet. It's not even – it's almost like a please get this right. And they were clearly picking people that had never touched a football before. Then they went on a little bit of run. They got some like real – and then this last lady – Okay, who got signed yesterday? I'm like, oh, Ray's up there, old tricks again. Ray's got somebody because the first throw, she had the ball. She was told to put her hand on the laces. You can tell that. First throw, she turned that son bitch sideways. We're yeah. like, here we go again. Uh-oh. I watched this lady learn how to throw a football in the middle of this. She fucking hit every one of them. Do you get a certain amount of time to hit three shots? I from her first throw to her last throw. I think we watched this lady who might have been. 65, yeah. 70 years old? Oh, yeah. Might have been. I watched her learn how to throw a football, and she fucking took him for everything. Hell oh, yeah. Boom, boom. It was electrifying. Then, obviously, the Colts have a big comeback win at the end. It was a, uh, it was a good day at the suite yesterday, but it did cause me to go into a full cheat day. Had some ice cream last night. Ooh, Ooh what kind? Nice. I haven't had that in a long time. I haven't had, a, I haven't had ice cream in a long time. Cookies and cream. Of course. Got some, that, oh, hot, nice. Hot fudge was an option. Oh, nice. They'd bring me a cup of hot fudge. Mm-hmm. Put that on extra Oreos on the side. Hey. Where is this? It's it's Crave place I order from. It's called oh, Crave. Okay. It's too close to my house. It wasn't on my DoorDash at my last home. This home, yeah. it's right there. It's seven minutes. Oh, that's unbelievable. Seven Dangerous. minutes. Good yeah. for ice cream. I got home from Colts game. Colts just got a big win in the car. Didn't see the throw. Saw the pose for the throw because Hulu froze on the phone. Yep. And then saw the celebration afterwards. About to lay down, watch Chiefs Bills. Get some ice cream. Why not? I just yeah. had apple pie. Yeah. I mean, my fucking whole keto thing's already ruined anyways. I get on there. It says eight minutes. <laughs> I'm kidding me? <laughs> Give me 35 Perfect. cookies. Yeah. Those things are all now sitting in the kitchen. Today's not a cheat day. Okay. Today I find out about me, AJ. Today I learn a lot about me when I get, get home. Get him out of there then. Get him out of there. What am I supposed to do? Just fucking 
Go donate them to somebody. Well, they're going to be stale. I'll eat them. Go down I to where Conan hangs out. You bring them in here, they'll fucking disappear in real quick. Yeah, Meth Alley downtown would love those. All right. Mm-hmm. All right I'll, I'll bring them in the office. Okay. Although I would like to give cookies to Meth Alley if we ever have the uh, opportunity uh, to find a bakery yep. near Meth Alley. Mm-hmm. I would like them to experience fresh cookies because it might be enough to get them off of what? More meth. meth. Off of meth. No, no Zito. The not. other way is what I'm saying. Yeah, nothing can get those people off meth. I've been watching them for Need months. Need more. You actually got binoculars to watch. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) I would say we should certainly classify meth as one of those drugs. Uh, Never try. Mm -hmm. Not a plant? Yeah. No, it's not a plant. Make it in somebody's bathtub. It's probably safe not to try it. Yeah. Just never give it a go. Mm -hmm. There's people that get hooked on that stuff quick. Not a plant, right? Not Not a plant. plant. Not a plant. (laughs) Well. Not just a plant. You got to watch how meth is spelled, too. That's right. Because it casts spells. So whenever you see it spelled M-E-T-H, we got to think about what that really means psychologically yeah. as well. That's you, me. Yeah. The. Right. Boom. There's no I in meth, but there is a me. There is. And that's why. Because it's a very selfish decision to it do is. that. Bingo. Think about what you're doing to your family. Think and about anyway. it. Don't do meth. Yeah, AJ. you're Stop. actually Stop. mething them up when you do it. Yeah. You are mething them up. Mm-hmm. Like FC Barcelona. Bingo. Yep. They messed it up when they let go of Methy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase went back to the bayou. And in the second half, they said, we still fucking got it. Joey, Bar- or Joey Burrow wears Chase's jersey into the stadium that they won a national championship in. I was on the field, got a chance to yeah. watch him go to work. It was a glorious evening for the people of Baton Rouge. They called Baton Rouge afterwards. They know that the New Orleans you know, homecoming for Chase and Burrow was going to be electrifying. And it became just that in the second half as Chase notches two tuds in the Bengals. Get a big win over the Saints. I doubted the Bengals, AJ. I did. I said, I didn't. I I didn't know. I thought maybe the Saints would be able to get a win. Is Joe Burrow the same Joe Burrow? Is that offensive line able to do what they're able to do? I know Chase is a guy, but now everybody knows he's a guy, so they're going to be playing differently. Are the Bengals still the Bengals? They go down the Saints to get a massive win. I like the Bengals again all of a sudden. I think that's all I needed for me. Do you, well, don't you, do you put more into the, the win that the Bengals had when they traveled on the road and went and beat the Jets pretty good? Like, does that mean more now that beat, we see who the Jets are? Beat the Jets pretty good. The Jets now have a win over the Packers. They beat the Saints on the road. Who knows what yeah. the Saints are going to go on to do in that NFC South, which seems to be, you know. Yeah, wishy-washy. Uh-huh. Up in the air. Wide open. Uh-huh. Up for anybody. So you're 100% right. I do think those are big-time wins that maybe at the time of the Jets win, we go on Mangled Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the okay. Jets the Jets lay an egg on Mangled Day, of course. And then that was the receipt situation. Yep. And then that team has come around. They get a big win on the road against the Packers. Sauce has the helmet on. So maybe the Jets are a fucking different team than the Jets have been for a long time, which caused a lot of receipts, I'd assume. But nonetheless, the Jets seem to be back. I'm happy for them. I like this Bengals team again. Mm-hmm. they got an indoor practice facility that they're going to be using the rest of the year. Let's assume they're going to get extra reps in there. The offensive linemen's big bodies that are normally very sore mm-hmm. and maybe don't want to get a couple extra reps out there in the next to the highway with no covering. Mm-hmm. Now they'll go out the indoor facility, continue to build the chemistry, continue to be able to protect Joe Burrow. And if you can protect Joe Burrow and you can run the rock, you can win a lot of games. Look at us. We're back in this fucking thing. That's how I feel about the Bengals right now. It's overreaction Monday. That's how I feel. That division is still wide open, too. Caboli talked about it. You know, the Steelers are one game away from being in the cellar of the AFC and one game away from leading the division. So, like, that feels like, you know, it really is kind of anyone's game in terms of the next, like, six or seven weeks who's going to win that division. Hey, congrats to the Bengals. There we go, Bengals. Ravens can't hold on to a lead. 
Yeah, the Ravens, they – hey, listen. We're talking about – okay, never mind. I was going to point at the division. Yeah, this one. We're talking about this one right here. Mark Caboli dropped an interesting bar. Ty just repeated it. Steelers are two and four. They win one of those games. They're they're going to be three and four. Ravens can lose. They'll be tied for first mm-hmm. in the AFC. They lose, and they're one and five. Last place mm-hmm. in the AFC. <laughs> yeah. So this is now potentially the NFC East at the beginning of this whole thing, yeah. right? Yeah, at the sure. beginning of this whole thing. But the AFC as a whole has a lot of parity going on. But the AFC North wide the fuck open. The team that's in the lead, the Baltimore Ravens, we would have assumed that they'd be able to just, you know, put their foot down and beat the fuck out of everybody. Yep. They got Lamar Jackson. They got a healthy running back situation as opposed to last year where they lost their top five running backs mm-hmm. or something like that. Mark Andrews, their weapon is still there. They lose Hollywood Brown, but they feel as if they got enough weapons to have success. The defense is still the defense, and Harbaugh's running the special team, so you know the special teams is good. With the rest of the AFC North being what the AFC North is, Steelers are in turnover. Browns are in turnover. Yeah. The Bengals are really the only ones you got to worry about, but they still got to figure out the offensive line. Going into the season, it was like, hey, Ravens are about to run the AFC AFC North. No offense to the Bengals. That was what being, not by us. We're just talking about what the world was saying about the Ravens. Then they don't get that deal done with Lamar Jackson. Then they aren't able to, you know, close games out. You have to wonder if the Ravens are fucking biting themselves and yelling at themselves now because they didn't get that Lamar Jackson deal done. There was a couple of plays yesterday I was watching where Lamar would bust out and he'd start running and he would bounce out of bounds, right? Skip out of bounds. And I'm like, in the back of his mind, how do we know? That if Lamar Jackson has $235 million guaranteed, which he is rightfully due because the Cleveland Browns set a new quarterback market when they paid Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed without him ever accomplishing anything near that Lamar Jackson has accomplished. So if he gets 235 M's guaranteed, which is more than what Deshaun got in his own division into quarterback position that he is better than, they pay him that. I'm assuming there's some plays that he sticks and yeah. goes back and he's taking that thing for 40. I think they're a different team now because of that decision. And I don't think Lamar's a bad person for this. I think Lamar has to look out for himself. And who knows if Lamar's even doing it on purpose or if Lamar's just like, I still got to run for my bag right now. I haven't got my bag right now. If that's adjusting his game at all, you would have to think that the Ravens are thinking to themselves, why didn't we just fucking pay this guy? And I'm wondering, why didn't they just fucking pay this guy? What is the deal? What does the future look like? And do you like the Ravens going forward? I think I I love everything about him, just like I did going into the season. But, like, it just feels like there's a negative hanging over for whatever reason. And I think it's because of the goddamn deal. Yeah, and that's the first thing anyone talks about when you talk about the Ravens if they lose a game. Like, okay, why, why hadn't they got this done before? How much impact does it have on Lamar's play? I don't think he's, like, actively doing anything different. But you, you would assume subconsciously there's certain, like, hey, they're not completely all in on me. I going to step out of bounds every once in a while, which he doesn't. Like, he still is putting himself in a lot of danger all the time. But, yeah, what would this look like? How, like, I don't know if it's splitting anybody apart if other guys on the team are like, man, why don't they pay this dude? Like, they need to pay Lamar. He is our franchise right now. Well, I don't know, man. I, I still am not out on the Ravens, though. I still feel good about them and good about what Lamar can do. They got Lamar, so I'm still in on him. Yeah. yeah. Just because Lamar can do what Lamar can do. But you're right. The teammate's going – this guy's won an MVP. This guy's done everything right. He's loved in the community. He's loved at home. Off the field, he's felt like, why aren't 
it's hard not to think like that every once in a while. And once again, we're not saying that that is definitely the case. We're just hypothesizing mm -hmm. about that potentially taking place because you could see how humans could maybe act that way. Connor? Yeah, I mean, we watched a clip, what, last week, two weeks ago, of one of the faces of the Ravens, Ed Reed, saying like, hey, obviously you can't, you know, go out there and play completely different, but you do have to remember, like, hey, this is a business. If I do need to get out of bounds so I don't get hurt so I can be paid, like, that probably is a thought in his head. And the play yesterday, too, he really did just take a immediate direct left when, you know, and, you know, I wasn't on the field, but it looked as though he could have possibly made a guy miss and continue running the ball. And that was early in the game. It wasn't at the end of the game when they're not able to put people away for whatever reason, not able to get a stop. And congrats to Wink getting a big yeah, win yeah. against the Ravens. And I wonder, and now we're hypothesizing about a, a hypothesis. Sure. Mm -hmm. What if Wink... You know, the disagreement, he'd been with Harbaugh a long time long in Baltimore. Time. Long time. What if Wink, you know, had a little bit of, why aren't we fucking paying this guy? Like, what, yeah. what if that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that that would be the case. What did take place? We, we heard Wink talk last week about how him and Harbaugh are family and family get into it. I think we all understand that that happens with families in real life and real situations. And he talked about it. He never really said what happened or how it happened. Will we ever know? We don't know. There are some people that said philosophical differences. It's like, well, you guys have been together for a long time. So when did the philosophical differences come? Is it in how you play? Is it how you build the roster? Is it how you treat people? Like, why did Wink? who worked so well in Baltimore with Baltimore having a team that looked like they were going to go on a run end up leaving and going to the Giants which is working out perfectly for Wink yeah. it's like what was it in Baltimore you think that drove Wink out of there or drove Wink and everybody else apart and was there a division and did Wink really just say you know what we got Lamar healthy we got like four running backs we got our defense still yeah I want to leave you know and that doesn't sound like the way Wink is as a human I don't but what do you I don't want maybe it's because it had to be something had to be a slow build, don't you think? Like, okay, like there had to be little moments over a couple of years, maybe even, where both of them, Har Harbaugh and Wink, thought of themselves. Like Harbaugh maybe thought, hey, what would it be like with a different D coordinator? And Wink may be thinking, hey, what would it be like as a head coach or a D coordinator on another team somewhere else? And now we're getting to see that in New York, and he has Thibodeau and the game on a strip sack of Lamar. So it's got to feel pretty good for Wink. And did you see how fucking happy and pumped mm -hmm. yeah. Thibodeau was afterwards? Mm -hmm. There's people that saying they didn't want him on their team. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Because he oh, talked yeah. about crypto. Yeah. Which. Which he was, yeah. in fact. We don't know. If that was. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. NFTs, yeah. We don't want to judge that. But he, he, he wasn't interested in football because he believed and talked about this new shit or whatever. It basically was. That's how he went from being the number one overall pick to falling to the Giants. You know, in uh, just one year later, it's like, what? I thought a year ago this guy was going number one overall. Yeah, we learned some stuff. What? Didn't they win? What did? What did you? Oh, this guy, he's a fucking turd. Yeah. Oh, he's bad. Bad teammate? No, his teammates like him actually. Bad on the field? No, mm -hmm. he's still real good. Yeah, he's actually got better on the field. Oh, yeah. What was it? Fucking loves these NFTs. Man. We ain't fucking, have, doesn't only talk about football. What a fucking weirdo. You want an NFT guy NFTs? rushing a passer in the NFL? It's like oh, in 2022, you might have to. Not have on my defense. No. So, is that what somebody's thinking, AJ, you think? Some old school some old school idiot, yeah. Is that what it was? Is that why Thibodeau... We, I don't think we've still got an answer, right? They just say he talked about weird stuff. It's like, what's weird stuff? Like, 
going to an adult movie place mm-hmm. and putting your penis in a hole in a wall. <laughs> that's that's weird. weird stuff. Yeah. Is that what he's doing? That but that's old school stuff. That's not weird to the old school. Yeah, I'd rather have my. That's weird. You fuckers probably yeah, piss, getting Don't pissed on. Like that's weird. What are we talking about? He's talking about NFTs. That's that's weird. I guess Pokemon. Is that what? Like, what is the level of? Why is this guy not the first pick overall anymore? That's we were trying to figure that out, weren't we? I mean, because at that point, we weren't as invested in college football as we should have been. Mm-hmm. Not like now. So whenever we see this guy and his everything he was accomplishing and his resume, we're like, this is this is not the guy. They're like, no, no, not the guy, not the guy. Then he goes, turns out he is the fucking guy, it sounds like. And he's emotional and loves football. The guy was crying afterwards, talking about how awesome it was. I mean, that's a guy you you want. Give me 11 of those dudes having it everywhere, as opposed to the conversation I had before. So we'd like to let Thibodeau know it was fucked up what was being said about him around everywhere. But it also might have been the Giants telling everybody that. So so they could potentially get We can't trust anybody. Yeah, Yeah, we can't trust anything. In this world, Ty. That makes sense. I hadn't even thought about that. It could have been the ones. But it, he was, like, up until, what, like a week before the draft, he was, like, a massive favorite to be the first pick. And then, boom, all of a sudden, you know, it's like, uh, actually, this guy's maybe not going to go in the first round. People are talking about he's He was called a turd, wasn't he? I mean, he was being described as was a he? turd. I think off, like, I'm trying to remember. He said that one thing about, like, wasn't it, like, not listening to a coach because he knows more about football than he does or something like that. That was the one thing. Yeah, which I guess if that was an everyday occurrence, which we don't know. Once no. again, we did not do enough research. We're just telling you what people were telling us about old cousin. It's like he's a bad guy. Can somebody tell us why this guy's a bad guy? Wink's got him flying around. I think Wink has done that with everybody. We he, they were our coaches at the Pro Bowl. Everybody fucking loved Wink immediately. People were like, oh, I know Wink, 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 Wink. Had a beer with him. He was great. I wonder why he left Baltimore. And what's going on in Baltimore? And why don't they just pay the fucking guy? You know, just pay the guy his money, man. Well, could they do it now? Do you think they could do it now? Well, he cut off the negotiation window, but mm-hmm. since he does represent himself and he is not franchise tag, franchise tag you can't negotiate during certain periods. He's just under contract. He can fucking negotiate anytime yeah. he wants. They he bring would, him that number. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'd sign tomorrow if yeah. they offered him $235 million. What was... Um, what was D-Butt saying? He was saying four years, $200 million, or five years, $200 million? I forget what it was. Think four years. Four, yeah. I think four, two hundred. Four yeah. years, $200 million. Make it guaranteed. Just get it on with it. Uh-huh. You guys both got a deal. Is that affecting anything? We will never know because the, the brain is an interesting thing. It's not just the toxic table. No, no. It's not just Tone Diggs or myself and everybody that has to speak about sports on television. It's everybody that's in the NFL fanhood. Mm-hmm. It's everybody in the NFL fan. Universe. Um, How could you not overreact to your team? So we send out a bird call every single Monday morning and say, excuse me, use hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact, but, and let it all out. And we got a bunch of great answers this morning. Let's read through some of those tweets in a segment that has survived a long, long time because overreactions will be great until the end of time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact, but... We're going to win the Super Bowl. With that being said, a lot of shit to figure out. We fucking suck. That's our reaction Monday in a nutshell. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> Both ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Colts are going to win the Super Bowl. A lot of shit to figure out. <laughs> we looked like we fucking sucked yesterday, but then we won, so who cares? Let's go to our first tweet that Ty Schmidt picked out. This one's from Daniel Ruffner, at Ruffner underscore Daniel. Hashtag PMS, I don't want to react, but this might just be... Our year. Bill's Mafia has to be feeling that way. 
It's almost like with the Dawson Knox touchdown for his brother Mm -hmm. in the tweet, you got the universe pulling for him there. With Josh Allen taking yet another step, not only on the field, but in leadership and in superstardom and handling it all in beautiful fashion, it's like maybe it is there. Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs making plays still dominant. Maybe it is there. Jordan Poyer on the defensive side grabbing the ball. Maybe it is there. That team feels like they can go. If you're getting 98-yard touchdowns on your first drive against the Pittsburgh Steelers' legendary defense, now they're route players, but if you're getting 98-yard touchdowns to Gabe Davis, who scores nine in his last seven games now, last night he made a hand. It was an over-the-shoulder hand. Did you see the way he fucking caught that ball? That ball's coming over his shoulder like this. And he catches that thing like this. Like, that is... Snag. His hands are fucking unbelievable. And he's a deep threat. I mean, that is just a weapon that nobody else seems to have at this point. It might be the Bills' year. I don't think that's an overreaction at all, A.J. Hawk. Not, not even close to an overreaction there. Yeah, if you're a Bills fan, yeah, you should absolutely feel like of any year like this, I feel really, really good about where we are right now. Now, it is October 17th. We hope they feel oh, that oh. way in December or January. Age. They're a third of the way through the regular season. Yeah. Von Miller, they pay a bunch of money to. They bring in what they thought was a hole in their roster last season that made them not win. They bring in Von Miller. He's picking up two sacks mm-hmm. a fucking game. He might have his best season he's ever had because the Bills offense gives him a lead, and then Von Miller gets the hunt. It's a great recipe for that Buffalo Bills team to have a lot of success. Yeah, and they've been playing without their number one corner, Stavius White. So if you get that guy back soon, that team really – It does game. feel like it is their year. Really Jordan does. Poyer's in a Mercedes right now driving across Ohio I believe to get back to western New York and Buffalo he is he's looking for a contract playing through a potential collapse I mean what a fucking team a culture a vibe a fan base and maybe a year they'll be remembered forever yeah it's actually the Bills are by far the toughest team to pick tweets for from this because it doesn't feel like anything (laughs) people are tweeting is an overreaction it's like yep that's about par for the course yeah it might be our year yeah yeah Yeah, you're right I agree yeah Yeah. yeah. absolutely they lose to the Dolphins you know, not able to get that snap off at the end. Mm-hmm. A missed throw by Josh Allen. It never happens to Diggs, I believe, out mm-hmm. on the right side, a little bit short. They're, they, they're looking at themselves pissed off that they're not undefeated. And we're all thinking to ourselves, they got that loss. So it's like a Reese. The team yes. that is mm-hmm. so talented had like a wake-up call. And it was when Ken Dorsey lost his fucking mind. Yeah. And they lost that team. It's like now they got their edge back, too. It's, it's a wild recipe for the Bills not to win. It yeah. seems like. And Von Miller talks about it. Like, they don't have, like, a, oh, we're up 31 nothing. Let's just kind of go safe and, you know, take this one home. Like, they are trying to put their fucking knife in the goddamn other team. Why not win a Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Why not? Uh-huh. You know, what's next, Foxy? Uh, college Town Cop. Okay. It's a troll account, but hashtag PMS. I don't want to overreact. But, but Tom Brady's time in the NFL is over. He needs to hang him up. Dude hardly took part in the team's preparation for the game and couldn't beat a second-string Steelers secondary. He's just hurting himself, what? his family, what? and his teammates at this point. What? College Town Cop fucking has uh, a lot of feelings here. Yeah, yeah. College Town Cop isn't just worried about the NFL or football. He's worried about Tom Brady off the field yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. We know that this retirement allegedly drove our unretirement allegedly drove a wedge the final stake through Giselle and Tom's marriage. They are getting a divorce. They're hiring divorce lawyers. Allegedly, remember, we don't know what's all going on. It appears as if his personal life is in shambles. Then you think about his football life. This man who is the greatest of all time in everybody's 
guys could have retired and took a $375 million job with Fox calling games just a few months ago. Now everybody's thinking this guy doesn't care about his team. He's not showing up at walkthroughs. He's missing this other stuff. His team stinks. He can't beat these people anymore. None of it looks good right now. And Tom Brady, I hope, is taking all this in so he can come out on the other side even stronger. But it appears as if this unretirement was a bad decision at this point, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, I wonder what Tom thinks when he's sitting by himself maybe after he gets done with his, his show that he does today on Mondays with Jim Grayer tonight. Oh, yeah, let's like, go. Does he and think, like, okay, if I had to reevaluate, would I still come back? Would I – or would I stay retired? I, th- I still think Tom loves ball. He wants to play football. I don't think he is – I don't think his confidence is down, anything. I think he wants to get things right, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get them right. And I think, who knows? We'll see if the rest of the team can come with him. Todd Bowles, I guess, mentioned before this game, mm-hmm. this past game, that a lot of people had been riding the high of the Super Bowl from two years still, and he's trying to get that worked out. Todd Bowles was an assistant coach last year, defensive coordinator. He probably saw that around the building thinking, oh, these guys think that they made it because they won a Super Bowl last year. If he's thinking that that's seeping into this year yet again, what the fuck, boys? Bad. What the, a lot of vets down there. Let's go ahead and figure it out, hopefully. And if you're Tom, I hope the pillow talk to yourself is comfortable. I hope it's upbeat, and I hope it isn't second-guessing anything. We love watching you play football, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Love watching you play, Tom. Nobody's going to forget how great you were, Tom. Nope. Nope. Maybe. Play as long as you want. He's done. I think he is. That's kind of the why. That's kind of the problem. Let's go to the next overreaction. Uh, This is from Adam Siebert or Seibert. Cybert. Cybert? I be, be E before be I. Cy. Sounds like Y. Is that what it says? Uh, Except for words like sound like A. Adam. What? Sabert. That's what you're saying? <laughs> I, was just, I just know what the saying is, so I'm not, I'm not I think positive. It's I before E except after C. Yes. I never knew that E before I sounds like a Y. That sounds. Like a very is that what sounds did, right? Did when you, I said it, did you uh, make it up or I no? Think, I did make it up. I think you made that up. I did, <laughs> but, but it sounds right. But it though. sounds right. Adam Seibert says hashtag PMS. I don't want to overreact, <laughs> but, but Cardinals suck. Kingsbury's time as a head coach should end soon. Poor defense and even worse offense. This does appear to be the reaction from everybody in Arizona right now. Why isn't it working, AJ? Cliff just got re-upped, I think. Kyler just got re-upped. And for whatever reason, they do not click, it it appears. And how many years is the potential going to be the conversation? This team could be. This team could be. This team could be. Well, they're going to have to before some fucking real noise gets made. They get Robbie Anderson from Carolina this morning. Hollywood Brown gets an MRI today. Ian Rapport says, might be... Might be a season long. We will find out. They are fearing that it could be a long time. D-Hop gets back. Will their offense change and the vibe change that much? We shall see. But, goddamn, there's room to panic, I think, in Phoenix, A.J. Hawk. Well, if if you add D-Hop and Robbie Anderson in the next, like, three or four games, we don't see, like, a big jump in their offense and them consistently moving the ball and putting points on the board, then probably should start to panic pretty hard if you are the Arizona Cardinals fans or on that squad. Why doesn't it click? What is it? Are they, they not clicking? Is it head coach and Kyler? Is yeah. that does it start there? Well, it's, it yeah, it's quarterback play and it's uh, it's quarterback play. What? Ron Rivera, one word over there. Hey, 
He's <laughs> Tyler stunk a quarterback this year so far. Dude, it, in the second half, he's been great, though. Why not is that? Not yesterday. Is that because they've been down and they're getting softer defenses, so it's easier to make plays? What is the – who, you know. Makes no sense. When the rubber hits the road, okay, mm-hmm. who will get blamed? From external sources, I'd like to hear from internal. Who is, you know, in the locker room? Who's uh-huh. the problem here? Somebody knows something. We're not going to hear it. Hopefully we don't hear it. If we I do hear different- it – Different fingers everywhere pointing at different people. That could be the problem, and that is, we know that is a huge problem if everybody's pointing fingers at different people. And even more so, if we do hear it, then we got leaks in the locker. Uh-huh. Then, you're in, then you're in deep shit. Yeah. Then, then it's yeah. like, oh, there's huge trouble brewing in paradise. Phoenix is paradise. Yeah. Wait, they have Amazon, right? Don't they have, aren't they filming right now? Out hard there? knocks. Yeah, oh, they it's hard right. knocks. Yeah. Does it start this? I think, yeah, it starts like this week, I think. And Tuesday? They- is that tomorrow or is it next? Week? It might be next Tuesday. Yeah, because they have uh, Thursday night football this week. Good luck to NFL film. I mean, NFL films and us do something, and we're very thankful for our relationship with NFL films. If anybody's on the Hard Knocks team in season, that's working on our stuff. Go ahead and go over that. We need it. We need all the good stuff. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't start till November 9th. We got them. Damn, what that was week fuck? seven. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was is. after the Thursday night football game because that's when the Colts started. I think it's only happened once. The internet but- says November 9th. What the hell? Hey, this is setting up just we like We need this cold. now. We need it now. We want the ball, and we're going to score. Exactly. That's right. Mm-hmm. It is setting up like the Colts. Colts are like two and four or one and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then turn it around and almost make the playoffs, lose the Clontown, which we beat yesterday. Ah. <laughs> Revenge. Sorry about it. Going to the Super Bowl. But the Arizona Cardinals are an interesting story. <laughs> going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. You just snuck that in there. Let's go to the next overreaction. <laughs> Charles Henline at – Ooh, the five is an S. Smart. You see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, the, is the L a one? Yes, it is. Yeah. This so, guy's a dog. Charles, Charles 7-9, which was his lo- a number. He was an offensive yeah, lineman. that's right. Charles Henline, former high school offensive lineman, mm-hmm. tweets, hashtag PMS. I don't want to overreact. But, but the Colts ineptitude is now a thing of the past. O-line is spectacular. Okay. I did not read these. Yeah. People remember that these are my first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is my first time reading this. We pieced together before even getting to that line. Charles is a high school offensive lineman. His number was 79. This guy was a fucking dog. Ah. Hashtag PMS. I don't want to overreact, but the Colts ineptitude is now a thing of the past. O-line is spectacular, and Matty Ice has been resurrected. D is coming together. The first of multiple big games in February this decade comes this season. Charles, that's what I'm talking about. Hey. Yo, Chuck. Charles, you're 100% right. And if you watch that entire game, you'd be saying the same exact thing, AJ. I'm sure you didn't get to catch every single down and every single snap for the Indianapolis Colts. I'll tell you, from beginning to end, spectacular football, electrifying football, Super Bowl-winning football, all four quarters. Not just the highlight you saw to Alec Pierce. No, no. Not just the big ball to Jelani Woods. That was happening every single play. Foxy, you were in there. Wasn't it literally from the first snap to the last snap? It's like Colts football is all the way back on the offensive side completely of different team yesterday i could not believe it i love it they are probably going to win the super bowl actually what's your problem well, connor what are you shaking your head <laughs> look i want the Colts to be good and you know i've decided i will no longer ask for my taxes back from the city of indianapolis because of their performance <laughs> yesterday with that being said the only game they'll play in February is probably the Pro Bowl, and it'll probably only be matt ryan because he did look unbelievable and he's going to throw for six thousand yards this year that's it, well, AJ. I'm on a I'm on a group text with a lot of the, pretty much all of you guys, and I, 
just going off like the roller coaster of emotions that it was. It just doesn't feel like you guys feel everybody, at least as a whole, is 100% sold that their O-line is fixed, that Matt Ryan is going to win the MVP, and that they're going to play in February in the Super Bowl. I thought you left that group text. No, nah, I just I'm, I turn the notifications off so I can pop in and read when I need to. I don't have to get my phone dinging all the time. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. Sorry we like to stay connected. Sorry we're a team. So do I. Jeez. Sorry I'm still there, chemistry. Man. Sorry. What? Sorry about it, dude. I'm still there, and I even, I even participate in that thing, too. You're, you're lurking like a weirdo. Yeah, I'm reading. But we do see him. He pops in every once in a while. True. Yeah, sure. Three words. With requests, yeah. Hey, yeah. Send me this. Yeah, you're right. He's doing that shit. No, he, he adds. You do, you have not added much to the combo. No, next to I'm not adding. A, I can't add you. I can't send, like, stories. You guys see everything before I do. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Then send some funny mm. gifts or something in yeah. there. Can no, you, you said don't abuse it. You guys told me do not abuse it. I'm very coached. Who said that? We did not say who, that. Who fucking said that? We did not you say guys, that. You guys, everyone, everyone of you said, oh, don't abuse the chat room, bro. Come on, man. Don't do that. And I'm like, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> no you're talking to, that's, that's Ohio State. Yeah. Is that the Ohio State chat room yeah. you're talking about? We're that's, talking about a group oh, no. text that we're That's yeah. your porn room the only text. chat room. You know chat rooms I despise. This is the only one I'm in because I don't like this doing a, It's this a group text. Yeah. It's not a chat room. It's not one of your Omegle <laughs> chatterbait things, AJ. It started, that's one of those things I started using with my buddies years ago as sarcasm that have turned into real life. Like your chain. So agree. Exactly. Started as... Uh, of course. What's it called? Started as parody? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it became like... like well, I, you are, you, ironic. And then boom. That's just me. That was a question. I thought about you the other day as I was putting the necklace on. <laughs> I was like, you remember when AJ... So you remember when you were doing this as a joke and now it just became a full-time joke? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it has. This one's real long. This one was lost in some baggage that I didn't know from like traveling WWE coming home. Mm-hmm. I just kept a bag packed, I guess, and I finally opened it. And then I reach into the sport coat and it was this chain sitter. I'm like, oh, the fucking Here we go. Go oh, the longest uh-huh. chain of all. I put it on my head immediately. I think I walked out to the couch to start dying. <laughs> the tank top thing, you know, was gone there for two days. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Two days. Didn't think it was ever coming back. Yeah. When you got 60 back? of those and you only got like actually two t-shirts, mm-hmm. it's a little difficult to change up the entire fashion. Amazon's been coming through, though. I've been just ordering waves of uh, shit, uh-huh. and like one out of five is good. Yeah, they're awesome. You know, so I'm batting like good. 200 mm-hmm. off of Amazon. It's not, bad. it's not bad. You saw the three-piece I put on. Yeah. After coming out of the Tennessee River, I got baptized, and I put a three-piece on the other side. The dress shirt that I had on underneath that thing was pink. It was Amazon a little bit, a little bit too big. Sure. Still yeah. a good color scheme. Great color scheme. It's rock tail. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, it was bad the whole time. It, it was like kind of bouncing all over the place. It was actually hitting me in the jaw at one time when I was talking. And I was like, all right, probably talking too much if the fucking caller's hitting it. And this has to look like the worst of all time. <laughs> so they cut the Kirk one time, and I just tucked it in, and then it was sitting sideways. I mean, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a fucking shit show of what I was wearing. But big thanks to everybody at ESPN for making the game day trip down to Vol Navy and back happen. Uh, I had the river water in my nose. For like three days, two days. Should have got, should have got a, uh, you know, a clip on your nose. I thought about doing this. Oh, yeah, just for you. This one's for Hawk. They would, they would have jumped on you and sunk you to the bottom of that place if you held your nose. Nobody else would jump it in that water. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> You're really going in, couple people. Goddamn right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. Fuck it. Because some of the camera people were uh, prefacing them. They were saying, he might jump into this water. If he jumps into this water, how deep is it? You know, because the Baylor situation. Yeah, right. Where they told me I was going onto a boat, and I didn't really give anybody a heads up. But as I was going up in through the boat, I said, how deep is this water? You know, just like as a conversation piece, seven, eight feet or whatever. Okay. 
And then I go in there, it's three and a half. Yeah. I'm like walking, you know. If I didn't belly flop there, probably broken legs. Probably a problem there on that whole thing. So I actually did the right thing. With this one, they wanted to get ahead of it, you know. So they were like, We have been told that it's like ten feet uh at the bottom. Of the I'm like, perfect. Thank you. I don't even have to ask. So then the people on the boat heard the camera people asking a question, and they're like, "Is he going to go in the water? Is he going in the water?" And they're like, uh, "He might." So as soon as I get there, we're like running to get there. The people are like, "Are you going in that water?" And I'm like, "Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how the shot goes. Uh, if it's boring, or uh, I don't know. <laughs> and we'll go in there or whatever." Couldn't hear a word Jess was saying. Obviously, mm, uh-huh. could not hear her saying. Never. She was on one boat right next to mm-hmm. me. Could not hear anything she was saying. And then all of a sudden, it's like. There was a moment I was standing there while she was talking. I had my one arm, my one leg up on the boat. I was trying to hear what she could say. I couldn't hear anything, even though they had an earpiece. It wasn't, there's was nothing, because they were just yelling in my back. And I looked like around real quick, and I was like, who would I be? Have yeah. to. Uh-huh. Not to go in this. I'm sitting on a fucking multi-million dollar yacht in the Tennessee River right now, on game day again. I got this old bibs on. Uh-huh. Who would I fucking be not to go in there, AJ? <laughs> So I did it. It was. It tasted terrible. It was cold as hell. Sure, it was awesome though. People took care of me perfectly. From ESPN, had everything ready. Like if you go How in, deep. It was deep, deep. It was deep, deep. I couldn't. I didn't get to the bottom. I was nowhere near Good. it. It was a moonsault. A lot of people said it was a failed backflip. <laughs> it was on purpose. Backflop because mm-hmm. moonsault. Yeah. Come on. I didn't keep moving. Did think we were when I was told I, that was my first time seeing a boat as I was walking onto the boat. I had never seen any of those boats or the setup at all before I got down there. Should have done some more research, but like going in kind of blind anyways, just to see the natural reaction. Thought I was going to be higher. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I wasn't sure if you were going to climb up. Yeah. yeah I thought it. I was going to be higher, but. There was nowhere for me to no, really. It was like slanted. Yeah. Yeah, I would have had to. I would have had to yeah, like, launch. I would have had to have really make it. So as I'm like eyeballing, I'm like, I guess I'm just going off the dock down there, or the stern, or whatever the fuck it's called. Made it over, thank God. It worked out. Mouth was open. Mouthful of water. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Did a triple H <laughs> mm-hmm. as soon as I got out of there, and that was really where it all set in. What's in this river? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, turned out it'll be a goalpost by the end of the night. But that was an amazing. Uh-huh. I'm very thankful for the people down in Tennessee. Happy they won. Let's do one more overreaction tweet before we get the fuck out of here. Uh, this is from Abraham, Abram, twenty four fourteen. So is that the nickname for Abraham? You think they call him like? Do you think there's nicknames for in other other languages, other countries like Abraham? Oh, we call him instead of Abe, like Abe. Ab- Abram. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a I mean, Big Ham is just a layup for Abraham. I you think they why. say that or no? <laughs> Probably. Maybe. I've never met an Abraham. I don't know if it's a layup. What was uh, what? Abe? I think he was Honest Abe. Yeah, Honest Abe. Um, yeah, honest. But they certainly- Did you grow up with anyone named Abraham? N- n- no. Did you? I don't think I did. No, I don't know anyone. What was that, Amish? I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I know any Abes. Yeah, I don't. I've never met one. Well, we know one now, don't we? Yeah. Big uh, Ham. Big ham. Big, ham. Big ham. Big ham, Abram. Ham bone. Hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact, but, but the 49ers need to fire their entire health and conditioning staff because the amount of injuries sustained during a Shanahan tenure is ridiculous. This does seem to be a common storyline for the San Francisco 49ers. They have a, on roster a team that is going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They got power. They got everything. 
then everybody seems to get hurt. The important positions seem to get hurt. The reason why they drafted Trey Lance is because the quarterback kept getting hurt. Now, is it the offense? Is it Jimmy G? Is it a situation? You got your stars always getting injured. Is that Shanahan? Is it strength and conditioning? Or is it just bad luck, AJ? I'm interested to hear your thought on this. Are injuries just bad luck? Do you think you can prepare for injuries, especially some of the ones that have happened to the Niners? Some of them you can. Some of them are you can't avoid. It's just bad luck when guys tear things and ligaments and all that. But I guess soft tissue stuff, some of that you can put on whatever the schedule may be. But I, I remember I was blown away when I was talking to a strength coach one time and I, when I was in the league, and he was telling me that it's not a gre- in Green Bay, it's from somewhere else. But he was saying how, like, oh, man, if these guys keep getting hurt, if we have all these soft tissue injuries, like, they're going to kill me, they want to fire me. I was like, wait, what? They put that on you, on the strength and conditioning coaches? And he's like, yeah, who else would they put it on? I'm like, I don't know the player, the individual, I feel like. How do you put it on these strength coaches? But – I guess that's where they have to point the blame. But some of them, yeah, maybe they could help a little bit, the strength coaches, but a lot of them are just bad luck or players. Sometimes guys sit out, they can't go, they don't feel right, or things like that. It does seem as if the public narrative is for injuries, it's just strength and conditioning coach. Strength yeah, and conditioning no coach what. never gets talked about, but with injuries, it's like this strength. And Abram is doing exactly what he thinks it's supposed yeah. to go. It's never made sense to me, you know, because normally if they you look into bigger injuries, it's like, well, how'd he pull a muscle? And he was like, well, he might have been dehydrated. Was well, the strength and conditioning coach get him hydrated? It's like, well, how the fuck is he telling him to drink? Yeah. And yeah. when he's at home, like, and then with guys training off season, there's guys back in there for OTAs, but there's guys who have their own strength conditioning gurus. They have their own plans, their own modules. And I'm not saying that every strength and conditioning coach around the NFL is good. I'm not saying that every one of them is great at their job, but I think like injuries are a tough thing to just say, oh, it's that person's fault. Oh, it's the turf. Oh, it's this. It, there's so much shit that could go into it. And in my eyes, and I'm untrained, untrained, untrained eyes. Mm-hmm. Sure. I've, I've done research. Sure. I've seen things happen, but in my eyes, Seems like luck is a massive part of it all. Massive. And also, if you have a lot of guys getting hurt in practice, then I think you can absolutely look at the head coaches, coach and whoever's, yeah. running, whoever's running that. Like, what if all of a sudden you have one position group, like, oh, we had, we've had, we lost four D linemen during practice this year. I'm like, well, you might want to talk to your D line coach and see what they're doing in their individual period and when they come together because that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I guess strain is something that I didn't I should have added in there. Like whenever they're just running people like strain groins potentially like from practice yeah. reps that shouldn't have even happened. It's like there's just so much that goes into the body that I don't think any of us understand even though Alex Guerrero course seems to have it all figured out that's right well and then like you know in terms of bad luck like a guy like Kittle it seems like he just every year you know he'll have like some kind of freak injury where he tweaks something and then he comes he tries to you know come back early and then ends up missing time and I think he's also kind of in that like Christian McCaffrey vein where it's like he's so explosive he's almost too explosive for his own good and there's nothing you can Bosa do to, too I feel like Bosa yeah, Bosa, yeah exactly how about the Falcons I mean, we're talking about the Niners here with their injuries, and I hope everybody gets healthy. And, Abram, we appreciate your tweet. But, like, did you see old Ari Smith with the Bud Lights uh-huh. with the boys yeah, afterwards? Bye, bye. You win this game, we'll have a Bud Light afterwards. Right? And then they're just housing beers in the locker room immediately after a win. That's fucking epic chugging, too. Offensive line coach appears to be chugging one down. Ari, former uh, son of a Marine. <laughs> Taking it to the head. I mean, camaraderie is a big deal. I love what Artie Smith is doing down there. They were picked 32 out of 32, if you do recall, get rid of their quarterback that they were going to pay $100 million. Now he's going to win a Super Bowl with Indianapolis Colts, allegedly, potentially, maybe. Going to go a long road. God, get a lot better. Oh, sure. 
Gotta get a lot better. But nonetheless, they were supposed to rebuild, restart his first time being a head coach. Now they're drinking beers after a big-time win against the San Francisco 49ers. I love what the Falcons are doing. Nobody gave him a chance, I feel like. When we mentioned the Falcons preseason, right before the season, people think, if you mention, well, what if the Falcons make some noise? Like, come on now, their odds are plus 20,000 to win the division. Like, that's what people were saying. So I'm not saying they're world beaters, but I, I think you got to take them serious for sure. Every In December, they're going to break some – there's going to be some yes. heartbreakers that yeah. the Falcons are going to hand out in December. Yeah. Like, you know, they're going to be a team that is going to ruin somebody's go. Not that the Falcons can't go on a run this year, okay? Maybe. Uh, still I don't think they're going to. The NFC, there are some teams up at the top now that are separating themselves. I think the Vikings can be in that conversation. I think the goddamn Eagles are obviously in the head of that conversation. Why not the fucking Giants? Yeah. Why not them go on a run? I think there's some teams at the top that can really make – you know, some noise in the NFC. With that being said, the fucking Falcons are thinking to themselves, everybody appears to be 3-3 three and three in our world. We can go on and win this and get a home playoff game. Yeah, We get a home playoff game. Somebody's got to come to Atlanta and take on our team. With our run game, our grit, our style, they might be able to still win. Can that team win a Super Bowl? I don't think I, – I think it's going to be tough. I mean, maybe they'll be able to – but they're certainly setting up for, like, a fucking successful five, six, seven, eight years. And if you're a Falcons fan, you got to be very pumped about that right now. And I'm almost becoming a Falcons fan after the mm-hmm. Bud Light drinking afterwards. I love everything about that. Yeah, I really need Artie Smith to keep winning, too, because you, you've mentioned it before. He's the son of a guy who's worth $4 billion, so he doesn't have to be putting in these 150-hour <laughs> work weeks, but he is. And he's hammering beers after the game, and he is doing the whole. Uh, you guys write your headlines. We'll get back to work. Like I love Arthur Smith, so I hope the Falcons do make a run at it. And who says they won't? Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, who says the Colts won't? Well, Colts yeah. are first in the division. Yeah, they I, are. I agree, but like, I think we're seeing some teams that just seem now injuries affect every team. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it feels as if the ones that are going on to win are very loaded at some positions. And there are some teams that have been able to take advantage of those positions. That's why, like, the Vikings, watching them play, it's like, are the Vikings going to be able to go on? They got enough weapons. Their offense has enough complex to it that the defense can't just outsmart them and fucking bury them in the playoffs, which is what happens at the end of the season. Very smart defensive coordinator. Very smart defense. Ends up taking away your best punch, your second best punch. How can you beat them in the end? That's playoff football. It's like the Vikings might be able to fucking do that. Thielen gets in the zone yesterday. They got Justin Jefferson, whose confidence I think is only growing. He had sunglasses on, grill, two chains in fucking warm-ups that look so clean. He goes over and talks to Thielen. Thielen's got two chains on. Kirk Cousins got four chains on on the plane. Mm-hmm. It feels like the momentum, the swag, the weapons, like the Vikings can go on a goddamn run. Kevin O'Connell might be, you know, long haul, like, one of the greatest coaches of all time, and that's Overreaction Monday, Week 6, October 17, 2022, AJ. Yeah, well, Kevin O'Connell's done something. Like, obviously, to their offense, he's done. So he's added these different wrinkles and what they're doing, and Kirk looks great. But he's, it's like they've been unleashed. Like, they've been stuck with Zimmer for a while, having to, like, tamp down their, their personalities and what they want to do, and now we see him just having fun winning games. There's something to it. It's another – the whole culture argument that we're talking about. Kevin O'Connell – in his short time there, we know we've spoken with with Vikings players before too. Like they don't say anything bad about Zimmer, but they just say how awesome it is now. Like we love this dude, we love our our whole coaching staff, and this team really seems to get along. So whatever O'Connell has done, 
in a short time. It's it's working right now. And you don't have to bury one person to put over somebody oh. else. So we won't dive into all of that. But everybody seems to be enjoying themselves in Minnesota. And when you win, that can happen. If you do recall, when his new head coach and his new GM got hired, Kirk Cousins sent a long mm-hmm. text. It was like, this is what we need to do. This might be the next chapter of Kirk Cousins, too. Everybody's talking about, can Kirk do it? Is Kirk good enough to go on and win it? Feels like everybody in Minnesota thinks he is, and we can't wait to watch. Adam Thielen on Wednesday this okay. week. Where are you joining us? Yes. Can't wait to chat with him. Aaron Rodgers tomorrow. What will he be chatting about after that devastating loss to the Jets at home yesterday? A.J. Hawk will be back. The toxic table will be here. A.J., what you just say? Jamar Chase will be joining us on Thursday. That's first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. That's first time? Yeah. Okay. Two tuds in the second half. Jamar Uh Chase. Here we go. The Saints. Here we go. Uh, Tone Diggs will be here. Uh, All the boys in the back will be here. And Hammer starts in about 15, 20 minutes right here at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer. Before we get out of here, AJ, let's make our picks for the last game of week six. Broncos getting Four and a half points on the road against the Chargers. This is obviously an AFC West matchup that we have been waiting on all day. Didn't want to talk about this game much strictly because we have no clue about both teams. This Broncos team might be the most boring team to watch play football in all of football. And the Chargers team, on paper, could be a team that could go win it all. A lot of people have picked them to go win it all before the season started. Are they going to be the same old Chargers in primetime football, make some questionable decisions, lose the game? Or are they going to be the Chargers that we all want them to be, electrifying, going for it on fourth down, getting a massive win over good man Brandon ambassador himself russell wilson aj your thoughts on tonight's monday night football clash well i'm not going to beat around the bush as i say when i'm in studio with ty i got to take the chargers here at minus four and a half no question for me Hmm. that seems like too easy doesn't it yeah it does but i think i've I've overanalyzed things at times and not trusted my instincts and that's what gets me in, in trouble can we go to the record from yesterday did we do that i don't even know what it is this is my first time seeing it Seven and oh, six, six wow. and seven. Jeez. So you've done good, AJ. I don't know what you're – what are you saying? You overanalyze. That's not bad. 500 is fucking good, pal. No, nah, it's not good. Not good enough. Well, I'm going to take the Chargers, it seems like. Good pick. <laughs> Minus four and a half. Yeah, good minutes, pick. So. All good right, I'll pick. take the Broncos. All well, right, let me – I think I like the Broncos, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Broncos right. are playing. Good pick. Justin Simmons <laughs> off the IR. I think uh, – yeah. Now they am certain. Certain. Yeah. All right. AJ, so we're both on Broncos, it appears. We want to give some final thoughts to it. No, or? I'll take the Chargers, actually. What? Man. Yeah. Whew. All right. All right, I'll take Chargers. You got Broncos? No, no. I think I like the Chargers, too. Man. Get back. Get yeah. back. Like All right, I'll take the Broncos, then. Give me the Broncos plus four and a half. Can we zoom in on, can we zoom in on Russell real quick there? <laughs> oh, give me the Broncos plus four and a half. I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was really getting a chance to see. Yeah. Don't blame you. Yeah, I had to do it. <laughs> had to do it. Let's ride tonight, I guess. Here uh-huh. we go. All right, AJ. All right. Final thought, AJ. Who you where you at? I'm right here. No, on tonight's game. What team do you have? Who are you picking? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm in the lead, and I'm in the studio. So that means you got to right, go. I'll first. take the Chargers. Give me Chargers minus four and a half then. All right. Lock it in for AJ. Chargers minus four and a half. Locked in. Official. 
I'll take the Chargers minus four. Okay. There you go. Thank you, AJ. All right, thank you, AJ. It was good picks. All right. It's, I could have won either way tonight. I have no, you know, leaning inkling either way. Everybody could. I'm excited for the game. We'll watch it. I'll stay up for this entire thing because it's uh-huh. Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. That's right. And Joe Buck and Troy are on uh, the call. Yeah. Are the Mannings no, doing it? I don't know. I don't think not so. Not this week. Not this week? I don't think so. 5 p.m. local there for this Monday night football. Uh-huh. Really? Monday late afternoon football for Los Angeles Chargers fans. Hopefully there's no thunderstorms. Los Angeles? It's beautiful. In well, LA, they'll right? have to delay the game because that is not a dome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lightning. Yep. What was that? That was Monday night with they the Rams. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they built this brand-new fucking $6 billion stadium. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. One of the nice, so many suites. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is a 4K LED board on the roof. We can send message to the fucking aliens and the planes flying over top. They can watch our game in 4K on our roof here. But if lightning strikes, shut it all down. Get them off the field. Half hour. Shut it all down. How come we can't wrangle lightning? Hey, I would like to know why we can't do that yet. If energy is going to be a problem going forward, I'd like to see somebody figure out how we wrangle lightning. Big Ben Franklin almost had it. He did. He did. That's all you really need. Mm-hmm. No, I think we need to wrangle it. Capture yeah. it. But just like that, it. it happened, and we've never been back. That was the moon? <laughs> and fucking wrangling lightning. You know, with a key. Shit. He did it with a key. Yeah. yeah. On a kite. He said we went to the moon. What are you all upset about? That's a big deal. That's a big omission. Huge no, deal. see, he was saying that, and that's why we never went back like an asshole. Like, we couldn't go back fucking tomorrow if we wanted to. I don't know if we could. You think we could get to the moon tomorrow? Yeah, we've talked about this. It just, you know, men were different back then. That's okay? true, actually. The telemetry, the reading of the instruments. Like, I'm with you now. I mean, if. Yeah, but Earth is spinning faster right now. Shouldn't we be able to use the slingshot model that we allegedly used on the opposite side of the moon to get us up there right now with how, how fast Earth is? I mean, is? we could, but with how fucking expensive jet fuel is. You know, sure. is that something we really want to undertake right now? You're saving it for Mars. TC would go to the fucking moon tomorrow. He's literally if he the only one to. on Earth who could get there. He's right been now. there. Now he he will be the first civilian to make a spacewalk when he is filming <laughs> this next movie, which is crazy to think about. It's, yep. That's a shoot happening. That yeah, is without real. him and the director are going on a rocket to the International Space Station, <laughs> and he is doing a spacewalk for his next movie. He's the best. TC baby, of course. Go. <sighs> That's us getting to space to the moon, you know. Unbelievable, right? Yep. It is. Yeah. We did it, AJ. We fucking landed on the moon. Thank you, Buzz. Thank you, Neil. (laughs) Didn't we, AJ? Yes. We did. That's right. How about the birds aren't real protest that happened in New York yesterday? All the time. I don't really dive too deep into that one. Well, I sent it into the group. You didn't see it? Yeah. Did you just skip right Oh, through? I saw it. I don't really give that one a whole lot of credence. Yeah, there was like an eight-year-old say. yelling at something and then yep. another 10-year-old yelling yeah. at a thing. And then Connor was quote tweeting and saying, these boys are on to something. Yeah, I stand with my <laughs> brothers in the bird, you know, war, as we call it. You've uh, seen it. I mean, there's a crow yeah. literally beating the shit out of our window in the middle of, the, in the middle yep. of this program. Mm-hmm. There's a crow up there pounding away. You think that is a, a surveillance camera, that crow? I think there's a massive chance, yeah. 
the fuck are they like coming to the Thunderdome for? Aren't we in the middle? Isn't there a bunch of wars going on somewhere? Why yeah. are they sending the birds over there? And how about in the cold? You know where the birds leave? There's nothing mm-hmm. bad going on there? You know, some of the birds stick around, and we all know they got some of the cameras and trees, and they can you know watch us wherever we from our phones and laptops. We also did talk about the frequency uh, interference we were having. From the birds. Yeah, which is weird. It's, it's whenever the crows are around. Yeah, it's interesting sure. how sometimes the connection in here. I, I don't up. want to make a connection, but when I had to uh, buzz out of the building earlier, mm-hmm. um, crow was standing right on top of Bill's truck. Oh, how about that? Oh, oh. Bill's got the red one out there, right? Yep. Yeah. Crow. crow standing right on top of his truck. I, I, as I was running out, I like literally. You fly to death, right? They do. Yeah. And Bill's also the keeper of the YouTube. True. So they know, hey, we kill the guy who kills people. Maybe we kill their YouTube. Bill, keep your <laughs> keep your eyes peeled for these crows. Please, be yeah. careful. It feels like they're Come circling on, in on you a little bit. Well, it's a. I mean, it's not a not, not a uh, real coincidence that they're standing on top of the truck that has rotting flesh inside of it that they want to get in to eat. So, <laughs> so I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, Bill, you should. There's crows standing on top of your truck. They might run this clip. Yeah. They, yeah, they're listening. Downloading. No. I'm talking about in court. Mm-hmm. Bill, why are these crows sitting on your truck? Get We're your not shit accessible. together, Bill. Let's get out of here. 